Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show here on Nerd Herder. That's a lot of Herd. I am your Herd leader, John Wayne. I heard that. I'm your Herd mom maker. <laughs> so much Herding. Uh, and this week we are diving deep into Mortis. We're talking about Mortis, uh, the Mortis arc of episodes. If you have been living under a rock for the past, like, eight or seven years. Mm -hmm. um, the episodes of the Clone Wars dealing with the planet Mortis, the the the, uh, the ones, the force wielders, the embodiment of the force, gods. Uh, we, we don't know what to call them. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah. We um, say planet, but... I'd, ish. I'd say realm. Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked about... So th this is the deal. So we talked about it on our Clone Wars rewatch because that's how this came up, obviously. We're rewatching the Clone Wars on... Fridays that episode goes up and so we talked about the episodes kind of our review of them and just in general our thoughts of that but that obviously Mortis is too big for that and so we extended it to this main show where we're going to dissect it a lot more and so we're going to open our um, conversation of kind of free thinking of how, how to interpret this how to take this what does it mean um, and how real uh, should we take it? And we're going to kind of walk through the scripts and talk about the metaphors of it because, you know, Dave Filoni's correct in saying that, but, you know, Mortis is all about metaphor. Mm -hmm. um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's all figments of our Jedi imaginations, but it does mean it dictates how seriously we take it and how far we go with it. Um, and so that's why we're going with it today. We're going to walk through that, talk through that, and enjoy that, and we, as always, open the floor to you guys on social media and whatnot. You can join the conversation after you have checked out this episode, um, and let us know what you think. Let us know how wrong we are and all that other great stuff. Um, but yeah, so you can join in on that. I think it's fun because I think Mortis is one of those that everybody has an opinion on, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's necessarily the polarizing way. I think everybody, I mean, it, it's what it's meant to be. Everybody has an interpretation. Yeah. Opinions are like belly buttons. Everyone has one. And if you don't, you're probably an alien. Well, except that one dude. Kyle like Yeah. He doesn't have a belly button. I watched the heck out of that show because <laughs> I love trashy teen shows for They're, some reason. Yeah, apparently. Um, it, yeah. So not everybody has a belly button, but everybody has an opinion. Uh, and so maybe we'll agree uh, you and I, maybe we won't, and maybe on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, you guys, maybe we'll agree, maybe we won't. But the beauty of Star Wars is that while there are certain things that are the way they are, mostly it's up to you mm -hmm. and how you read it and how you take it and your point of view and blah, blah, blah. So that's the fun of it, and that's what we're going to have fun with today, uh, and hopefully it's fun for you guys to listen to. That's mm -hmm. why we do it. So, um, but... Before we get to the main show, we have the news, and then we have some Amazon deals, and we have some uh, questions and answers uh, at the end of the show. So, really, Mortis is like the turkey in our uh, little Star Wars sandwich. So but you don't like turkey. I don't like turkey. I love Star Wars, though. <laughs> um, so maybe not the best analogy, but like it, Mort Mortis is in the middle. It's like a roast bantha. Sure, Roast beef, whatever um, that's like. Um, but you got to get through the sourdough bread first, a.k.a. the news. 
But I can't have bread, <laughs> oh, John. Yeah. Well, you can have gluten-free bread. <laughs> Sourdough is not gluten-free. No, well, no, most bread isn't. No. Technically, if it's gluten-free, it's not bread. Exactly. Te- technically, maybe. Te- I don't know. I guess. It, it, how wide is your definition of bread? Uh, it's about two inches. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> Let's go to the news. I was going to say, this is all about news. <laughs> um, somehow gluten came up. Because it can't have bread. Oh. oh, yeah, there you go. Never mind. John. Yes. Let me tell you about some games. Yeah, tell me about some games. Well, one. One games. Yes, yeah, soon to be. I can't wait until we have some Jedi Fallen Order stuff to talk about. Oh, yes. I know we're going to at Celebration. We know we have a panel for that at Celebration. Until then, though, our gaming yes. news consists of Battlefront. Battlefront 2. <laughs> yeah. um, I, got, I got called out for not specifying which one. It's I, like... The one that currently is on everybody's mind. It's like when you talk about Fallout. No one talks about the first two Fallout games. Right, they only talk about the 76th one. Nope. <laughs> I don't know how Fallout works. <laughs> Three through four. Oh, there's only four games? No. Oh. <laughs> it's three, New Vegas, then four, uh, and then 76. Uh, well, it's far less confusing with Star Wars because there's only one Battlefront. <clears throat> I know, that's a lie. <laughs> no. There's, uh, there's four and, and one Ghost Child. There was um, that really great, I don't know if you ever went to Dave and Buster's when you were a kid. Uh, no, Something I went similar. to Dave and Bur- Buster's. Burster's. I went to Dave and Burster's. That was the name uh, of your the dermatologist. And when I was like 22 or 23. Wow. Yeah, and Jeez. it was the one in, down in Florida. They had the Star Wars pot thing though. Yes, that's that was my favorite Star Wars game growing up because that was the only. Did one. they have it that long? Yes. Oh, weird. Yeah, like that was one of the first like writing. We're supposed to be talking about news. <laughs> sure. Anyway, so we're our, we're our own boss. We can do whatever we want because it's our show. Not yours. No, okay. We're not. That's a reference for like one person out there. (laughs) Yeah. Candy for children? No. Uh, New reinforcements have been announced, Joan. You. I don't know what that noise was. That was Irish. (laughs) That was Irish Oscalia there. I don't know what that was. You caught me off guard, but I was excited. (laughs) Uh, Clone arc troopers and commando droids. We kind of called that one. Yeah. Yeah. Are coming to Battlefront 2. Yeah, um, I, yeah. It just happened to go on Twitter just after they had updated and posted that, so that was really cool. But yeah, we kind of called that because Clone Commandos was one people were asking for, um, and they got kind of excited. I got kind of excited because Ben said they've ha- they have talked about it, but I figured they would go Arc because Arc has been more featured. You know, you got head, mm-hmm. um, you got Fives and Echo, and you've got um, gosh, Colt. Blitz. You got the ones from the um, Clone Cadets yeah. episodes. So Arc Troopers are a little bit more recognizable. You get you get one scene of Clone Command. Yeah. It would have been it would have been nice, but at least we got fives. <laughs> well, no, we don't have. I mean, no, it, they're no. generic, but yeah. Um, I mean that there's always. I mean, Ben, ben admitted they've they've talked about it. So the, the door's still open, and mm-hmm. if they continue to update the game. I mean, eventually, anything could happen. Anything could happen. But yeah, ARC Troopers and Commando Droids were kind of... I know uh, there's like 50 people out there crying, and you know, because Droidic is weren't announced, but... 
That would just make the game so much harder. I feel like, yeah, it would be a little difficult to deal with them. Imagine how much they sucked in the Lego games. <laughs> oh, right, and yeah. like, make that times 50. Yeah, they Because this one has polygons. Uh, they're OP. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited with it, with what we're getting. Yeah. Uh, the ARC Troopers will be able to dual-wield pistols, uh, reveal enemies nearby, and manually detonate a shock trap to surprise individuals or groups. That's cool. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, the commando droid will have a long-range blaster, thermal vision, and a vibroblade for close quarters, and a smokescreen for distracting shinies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is kind of sounding like Halo 3 a little bit. I don't know why. I don't either. <laughs> it's like, I, I have a very limited knowledge of first-person shooters. I know. And I've played one. <laughs> so, yeah. It sounds um, like the one you've played. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yeah. Uh, these reinforcements do not replace existing units like the aerial or enforcer, but instead introduces new infiltrator class. I like that because that's what I was worried about was they were going to be like, okay, we're getting rid of, you know, the, I would have been okay if they got rid of the Wookiee. Um, but it's like, okay, we're getting rid of the Wookiee and replacing it with an ARC trooper. Or it's like, okay, you're, you have to choose which one. I like mm -hmm. that they're creating a new class, so... If there was any doubt that we were Empire people, you, what you just said, <laughs> just... Like, no, I just... I, in, I, I, mean, I wish they would just get rid of the Wookiees. <laughs> I, I don't mind Wookiees in general. I mind Wookiees in Battlefront 2. They're just very yeah. annoying. Um, yeah. But that's just me. I, I, I they're, they're up there with Palpatine in terms of Battlefront 2, but... Uh, yeah, I like that they're at least just doing a new class for it. Something, something, dark side. Something, something, hard show. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the long-awaited but still unnamed game mode will be released in the latest update. Uh, this will allow the player to battle across the planet and take down capital ships in order to secure the victory. The reinforcements in the new game mode will be released on March 26th and will be celebrated March 29th through... 31st with a triple experience weekend in the new mode. And I won't be here. And you won't be here. Again. I will play for you. No, I won't. I feel like I'm on the list of people. Like, make sure this guy is out of town. Um, yeah. And it's not just that. Because they're doing something each weekend. It's like a, uh, I think it's like double experience in Starfighter or something like that. And then it's like a triple experience in all game modes. Uh... And then the new game mode drops, and then the, you know, the triple experience in the new game mode. And this weekend... Pardon me. <laughs> stepping on bubble wrap. No. Um, I'm going to cut your fingers Do off. Do we get under the table? I'm going to cut your fingers off. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a lightsaber. I have gas in my fingers, and I have an You don't have to, to do anything them. about that. You don't have to do anything about that. I'm sorry. It's the voices in your head telling you to do it. I'm going to cut it off with my little lightsaber butter knife. Low and slow. Um, okay. What was I saying? I'm out of town all the weekends. Is yes. ba basically. We're out of town yeah. this weekend. Yep. So I'm... Which, for a good reason. For a good reason, but still, dadgummit. Yeah. We're going to see uh, Empire Strikes Back in concert. Yes. Um, but I'm missing out on experience I need because I haven't been playing because... Life. Life <laughs> and podcast. Uh, so it's just, it's frustrating. I know, baby. Um, at least, uh, last month I was finally able to catch, uh, Double Experience Weekend. 
So that was nice, but like that was the first time ever. Yeah, you just need to send your schedule. Right. And just be like, Just send hey. it into EA and be like, hey, um, oh, work with me here. Because <laughs> I need experience. Yeah. Um, Poor baby. So, yeah, I'm bitter, but whatever. Yeah. I'm excited, but I'm bitter. Well, you know what else will get you excited? Yeah. Comic news. Uh, comic news? Shut up. Don't acknowledge it and it'll go away. Oh, says the lady that always calls out my speech dyslexia. Because it's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Anyway, out today, out this day, in the notes. Oh um, my goodness. You don't have to tell the people my, my dyslexia. <laughs> I didn't point out tripe experience weekend. I know, and I appreciate it. And I thought you were growing as a person and you, you actually, you know, were, you were, were loving me enough to... to uh, not call things out, but no, you're you're just throwing my dirty laundry out there. For I love you enough to point out your mistakes to help you grow as a person. Well, I love you enough to say you're a butt. But I tell me you. about some comic news, but too. Uh, <laughs> Han Solo Imperial Cadet number five is out, and will be the last in the miniseries. And it was just getting good. Dad, just getting good. Just go watch Solo to see how it ends. Well, no, that's not the ad- adaptation. You mm. always do that. It what? this is this is the other one. This is the one that technically happens in between Solo. So this is when, before he gets kicked out of the Imperial Academy and gets sent to Mimbeam. Okay. So this isn't the adaptation. Okay. This happens within his story. This is when he's actually in the Imperial Navy Academy. I only read one book. And that's <laughs> Darth Vader. You, my, oh, it's... <laughs> and I, Dr. It's, Aphra. I, well, I only read my Extreme Teen Bible. Hey. <laughs> no. um, Zone of Truth. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it's about that, and, uh, I mean, it's been pretty good the whole time, but three, four, and I assume five is going to be great, but, um... Well, who knows? It can yeah. all go downhill. Towards this, well, now you're sounding like a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Pessimism. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Age of Republic Grievous is out, and we already have heard good things. Yeah. How, how are you guys getting on the early readers list? Right? Come on. <laughs> Help. Help. Um, yeah, apparently they're they're comparing it to the levels of like the Qui-Gon and the Darth Maul ones, which is interesting because those are spiritual force trippies. This, is it's with, with Grievous in the mix. It's, I'm curious. I'm hmm. very curious. Hmm. So, uh, but nonetheless, I think it's going to be great because Jodie Hauser is amazing and you should yes. read her stuff. Really and this should. is getting me more excited for uh, Star Wars TIE Fighter. That she's doing later this year. Oh, she's doing that one. Gotcha. Yeah. Which goes along with Alpha- Alphabet Squadron. A, B, C, D. No. Uh, <laughs> really, it's just X, Y, B, A, U. Yeah. What's the What's the A wing? The A wing? Yeah. It's the the little triangle one, the little fast one that looks like a race car. Gotcha. Yeah. That's all you had to say. Mm-hmm. Um. We are just getting off topic right it's now. It's fine. The people pay for this. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> they should. Head over to our Patreon where you can support this nonsense. <laughs> we Hashtag s- not a sponsor. We are so tired. Uh, and the Star Wars, Disney, Marvel, Omnibus is out and collects about 51 issues. And that's a $200 plus value for only uh, $112 right now on Amazon. Check out the description for a link. There might be a fish in the percolator. <laughs> um, 
Oh gosh, I wish, I hope you guys watched Twin Peaks to get it. <laughs> I, I feel like most of our references go over people's heads. But, yeah, I hope so. Uh, if not, let us know. Um, yeah, I, I put the little Disney and thing, thing in there because there was an old school Star Wars serial yes. uh, Marvel comic. Serial? Well, not that kind of serial. Leap it, You can't have serial. Most of I, it. I can have this knockoff Reese's <laughs> Bull crap. Yeah, you can have cardboard. It tastes nothing like it. Um, oh, listen to the empty bowl for more cereal. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a real deal. Basically, for half the price of getting all the comics individually, you can get this omnibus. And someone posted a great spread of the covers that they have collected in there. So it's not like you're just getting the comics, but you get to see all the great covers and variants. And the artwork on the outside is phenomenal. So it's a very pretty book. Hmm. A lot of great stories. And you... you basically get almost all of what's come out so far in the main storyline. Maybe that's all I need, John. Maybe that's what I need to do to finally read the Star Wars comic. Or you could just head over to our Comixology account that has all that already. Because I, I'm too impatient for omnibuses. I can't wait for the bus. <laughs> bus driver, bus driver, open the door. Uh, um, but, if, but if you don't have them already, or if you are missing quite a few... Um, I, I really recommend checking out the Omnibus. And mm -hmm. like we said, we have the link in the description for that if you want to pick it up. That will support the show as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you've been looking for a way to get into Star Wars comics, what better way than the biggest book collection of it so far? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, if you get the uh, if you get the in-person physical copy, it just starts playing Venga Bus when you open it. Is that what that is? Yes. Is that what that's called? Yes, Venga oh Bus. It's not just the Party City song. Or not, no. <laughs> not Party uh, City. It's Six Flags. Right? Six Flags, yeah. that's right. The old man did. The old Gosh. Guy. I haven't that's seen old that. school. Yeah. We're old. Speaking of old school, book news. <laughs> book news. <laughs> not um, really. Oh, uh, by the way, it was real that this week on Comic Free Comic Book Day, which is May the 4th, by the way, uh, we will get another addition to the Tales from Vader's Castle series by Kevin Scott. Woo! This series or this story will feature a young Han and Chewie on a droid hunt involving treasure. Yeah, very Indiana Jones-ish. Um, I'm like I, I like to see that that is continuing. Um, I mean, it's just one additional, but I hope to see my spooky droid boy. I hope there's a, I hope there's a second resurgence of it this Halloween. That'd be awesome. I think that That'd should be just excellent. be a tradition, mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be. Although we love Kevin, yes, and his work, uh, it, you could basically bring in. Michael Morrissey? <laughs> um, well, no, he's got to work on his Star Wars novel. <laughs> Get on that, Lucasfilm. But, um, Please. no, they could, I mean, they could just do like they're doing with the Age of the Republic stuff, where it's like, hey, we want to tell spooky Star Wars stories. Do you want to be the writer to do that? And just mm -hmm. revolve new writers. I mean, that's a great gateway for some people into Star Wars. I mean, you know, Michael got in with Flight of the Falcon. Mm -hmm. So these serials of, of series are great for that. Um, and who doesn't love creepy Star Wars? Come on. I think, I think Tales from Vader's Castle proved there's an audience. Yes. Because people were all over that. Anyway. Anyway, book news. Uh, Star Wars Choose Your Destiny, an Obi-Wan and Anakin adventure by Kevin Scott, is out next Tuesday on the 19th. Yeah. Yay. He, this is book three. He has done Luke and Leia and Lando's Luck, and both are great, mm -hmm. so this should be great, um, and it's nice to see, you know, it's going along with what their theme is of this year, which is prequels. Mm -hmm. We're forgetting a lot from the prequels, and so this is going there, and 
I'm excited. Yes, and if you hear clicky, clicky noises, we are dog sitting right now, and the doggies have lots of nails, so just FYI. Um, no film and TV news. Oh wait, I skipped over something. Sorry. Uh, if you like the recently updated Millennium Falcon owner's manual, it was announced that we will be getting one for the TIE Fighter in May and Rebel Starfighters in October. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I have to assume since it's Rebel Starfighters plural, it for the TIE Fighter it also means it's going to be plural. Because, I mean, they're all TIEs. It's just TIE Silencer, TIE Defender, blah, blah, blah. So, the variations. Okay, TIE Silencer is the one with two? <laughs> two what? Two of the things? The, what's the things? You know the things? <laughs> I don't know. You know the cockpits? No. Um, that's the okay. bomber, and it's not oh, okay. a cockpit. It's, it's a cockpit and then a bomb dispenser. That makes more sense. Um, what's Vader's one? Uh, the TIE Advanced X1. You didn't say either of those. What do you mean? I don't know. Huh? <laughs> I didn't say either of what? The bomber with that one. Well, I, I mean, encapsulating... Yeah. Uh, the other variations of tie. I don't know ships. Uh, if that wasn't clear, I, I don't know ships. <laughs> the like, ones that go zoomy zoomy. I like it. All I know is the uh, the Venator class because you've talked extensively about. I like the Venator. And the and the Tantive. Yes. Yeah, Tantive four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had a whole conversation about that one too. Well, yeah, the pronunciation. Yes. Because most people want to say Tantive, which isn't wrong, and that's what it looks like. But it's one of those things like Han versus Han. You know, mm. Say what you want to say. We know what you mean. You're correct from a certain point of view. Exactly. Although technically they say it's supposed to be Tantive. So whatever. I'm, I'm obligated to put an asterisk on that. <laughs> uh, You're no. right from a certain point of view. Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> Film and TV news, there is none. We know no. that there is stuff coming, but not Well, today. I mean, we're 28 days from celebration, so... Yeah. Here's the thing. Stop asking about a title. It'll happen at Celebration. Stop asking about a trailer. It'll happen at Celebration. Stop exactly. asking. We're this close to Celebration, guys. It's obviously happening at Celebration. Mm -hmm. So, hold your britches and... and Put I, those pants on. Just wait for the live streams and all the Twitter to explode from all the live tweeting and all that stuff. Yeah. So Go out to the barn. Gather them in your arms. Hold your horses. <laughs> um, so, but we got some Galaxy's Edge news. Yes. Yeah. Some uh, interesting... Some, some sad news for some people. Yeah. Uh, Galaxy's Edge will open May 31st at the Disneyland Resort and August 29th at the Walt Disney World Resort. Yay. Uh, what has some upset is that the opening of both parks will be done in phases. Phase 1 will be the main opening and will feature the Millennium Falcon ride. Fans will have to wait until Phase 2 late this year for the Rise of the... The Rise of the Resistance ride to become available. Yeah, so that's basically the biggest thing that has people upset, is basically they feel like it's opening incomplete, um, which I can understand. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I guess I have the comfort in knowing we're not going yes. this year. Yeah, there's you no know, way we're, we're going to go this year. You know, we're planning for early next year. Mm -hmm. So for us, we didn't. this doesn't affect us because we weren't planning to be there uh, Yeah. Before phase two. Yeah, we usually go like early December or late January. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think first of all, I have to admit my bias in that 
this doesn't affect my plans. Mm -hmm. uh, we were already not planning to be there during opening. I can understand how this can be frustrating, but at the same time, if they came out and said, hey, we're delaying so that we can open everything all together, it would be an even bigger storm. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they made the right move of saying, hey, we're doing a lot of awesome things other than Rise of the Resistance. Mm -hmm. So let's do the Falcon ride, all the other amazing things, and we'll open Rise of the Resistance soon. Copper has such big paws. She's <laughs> <laughs> um, leaps. That dog is so loud. So yeah, so I, I think that's the way to look at it is, I mean, at least you're getting some amazing stuff anyway. Yeah, and something else upsetting for some is that there will be no fast passes available for a smuggler's run initially. This is what happened with the Avatar ride. Right. Like, it's pretty common for a new ride not to have fast passes. Right, well, and that's the thing, is they're, they're going to be using this time, maybe by phase two. <clears throat> maybe. But yeah. I'll say, I mean, I don't think for the first six months they did yeah. for Avatar. And that's an estimate, but... And it was a while. The fast passes are going to go like that. Like Well, that's the thing. And and a big thing is is they don't want the fast pass to just become as clogged as the rest of it. Exactly. So the big thing is just work you understand you're going to have to wait. Yeah. I mean I mean like yeah. It's one of those things like if you want it enough it's going to be worth it. Right. Well, and they've talked about, like, especially with the Falcon ride, it's about, it's an experience the whole way. Yeah. Way before you get onto the ride, they've created an experience for you. So, it's not like you're just standing out in the scorching heat waiting for the Falcon ride. I mean, you're, you're still in Star Wars land mm -hmm. as you're waiting. And so, you know, I mean, take some crossword puzzles. Make the best of it, and you'll be okay. You're getting to ride the Falcon. Yeah. You'll be fine. Um, so, but, I mean, again, if you've been going long enough to Disney or known about rides long enough, then it's not really that new. No. They're, they're figuring things out. It's new. So, they the, the something that would be upsetting to that would be to run fast passes already. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so... I, I think, you know, by next summer it's going to be all ironed out and worked out and everything. The only ones really causing a stink are the fanatical ones that are, like, going to be there opening day because it makes it that much more fantastic. Dude, you're coming on opening day. you gotta, you got to understand, it's new. If you've never been to Disney before, this should not be your first trip, like, to be honest with you. Well, and not that early. Just, no. I mean... Give it, it some time. The thing is, I don't think you're missing anything by giving it time, you know. And, and not only that, but you know, financially, you also yeah. don't want to rush it. And look, looking at the prices for Disney resorts, it is so freaking expensive right now. Well, you know, yeah. 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 It, it's affordable if you save, but that's what I'm saying. Take time to save. I mean... I mean, and, and you don't have to stay at a resort. I'm, but yeah. overall, it, it's a lot of positive to it. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, now, I can understand if you've been making a lot of plans for opening week or whatever, to be a little upset that you're not going to get Rise of the Resistance. But you're getting everything else. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be all cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Alright, well, that's pretty much it on the news. So we'll uh, switch over to our banking clan, get you guys some deals from Amazon, and then we'll get into the deep dive of Mortis. Hey guys, so this week we have uh, same great Amazon deals and a couple of new ones. And so if you check out the description of this episode, you can check out a 30-day trial for Amazon Prime. Get a lot of goodies and free shipping on um, quite a lot of things. You can check out the top deals of Amazon and you can check out even getting a one-month free membership of Audible and get two books when you sign up. And you can use one of those books for our book recommendation this week, which is... Fate of the Jedi Outcast. This is part of a series of Now Legends books, Fate of the Jedi. Um, and this one in particular is cool because it mentions the Ones, which in Legends was another term for the Force Wielders or the Mortis Gods um, that we're talking about today. And it introduced a new Force Wieldy weirdo called Abeloth. And so it's a lot of cool Legends stuff, um, some of what we're going to talk about today. Um, again, Legends, 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 Legends. But if your brain doesn't get crosswired when you mix canon with Legends, you can check it out on Audible, or you can get uh, the physical copy. There's a link for that as well. We also put a link in the description, as we mentioned earlier, for the Star Wars Marvel Omnibus, so you can get 51 issues for only $112 right now on Amazon. So check that stuff out, support the show as you do, and enjoy. Back to the show. And we're back. Well, well we're back. <laughs> we've been here. You're back. <laughs> uh, from the world of Amazon and, and deals and Patreon. And How was it? All, all kinds of things. Um, so, Mortis. Mm-hmm. This is what we're here for. Um, this is what we're here to talk about because it's just such a big concept, these episodes. It's really kind of magnificent what they were able to do and get done in three 22-minute episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, especially since, and I guess it we add the depth to it. I mean, it's pretty deep, but we take it a step further when we start interpreting it and trying to understand it, which is what we're doing here. Yes. Um, and so for the next hour or so, whenever we get tired of talking, um, we're going to be dissecting our interpretations as well as what's the seeming me uh, seeming meaning and metaphor of of these episodes and what it kind of what are the implications of the greater picture mm -hmm. because Mortis does have a lot to say about the force and the concept of balance and destiny and everything and and so how does that affect everything else mm -hmm. Kind of. And so kind of pulling out the scope a little bit to see how Mortis informs us a little bit. Um, and so, uh, so first things first. Remind, uh, remind us again your initial impression. Like, all three episodes are done. Initial impressions. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> My brain hurts. Yes. This was... This was one of those arcs where I was just like, you built it up so much. And so I was expecting it to be like, oh, it's not going to be as good as... You don't trust me? I, I do trust you. I trust you You don't think I know good stuff? I trust you, well... I know you. <laughs> you You're know the me. goodest stuff. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you make it. Yep. Um, but yeah, like... So you didn't believe me? 
No, and it's not that I don't believe you. It's that like sometimes when people build something up so much, it's kind of disappointing yeah. in the end. I understand. It I'm was even more <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like it. It was one of those arcs that I was just not expecting. Although I knew what to expect, kind of. Because we had talked about the plot points before, briefly. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, years ago. Um, like, I'm pretty sure at one point, a very long time ago, you actually told me how it ended, and I just forgot. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because... I mean, for a long time, the main things we talked about, because it was your main interest, were the films. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of this Clone Wars rewatch, is that that's new for you, that's fresh. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the, what makes it interesting is, you know, um, it brings up some new things because you're seeing it first. It's kind of, I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure at some point there was probably questions more. It probably came up in, in our conversations about Anakin being the chosen one. Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, it's entirely possible that I gave the gist of it, but... Um, that versus un- actually unpacking it are two different things. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I really enjoyed watching it mm-hmm. as a whole. Like, I, I feel like that's what the Clone Wars movie could have been about, too. But that's just me. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, a movie. A movie. Um, I, I mean, opinions about the movie are different. Yeah. I think they're great. Episodes, which was what they were intended to be originally. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like a lot of episodes smooshed into a hour. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, um, but, I mean, as far as a movie, I mean, this could, I mean, an hour and a half, it's, it's a good, it, and it feels long, I mean, it ages you, like, as you watch it. Oh, yes, it do. Um, oh, yes. It ages you, like, twin sons on Tatooine. <clears throat> Uh, just because it's just it's a it's a lot. It's a um, lot to process. Yeah, it's a lot to process to to consume and and then it's you you keep thinking about it for a while usually. Now I will say I think that for some people I can see why they might not like it. Yes. Um, this is where Star Wars as a space fantasy um, shines most mm-hmm. um, because this is all focused on the spirituality and the religion of the Force. It there's not a whole lot of war going on and in fact it insinuates that all war in Star Wars is a result of the spirituality of the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the unleashing of the sun is what causes <laughs> the war, you know, in, in, in these films and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand, though, going that deep with a lot of things. For, for some people, the deepness they want is, all right, Luke saved his daddy by being, you know, self-sacrificing and all this other stuff. That's cool. That's cool. But I'm, you know, I'm here for the explosions and the battles and the action. I understand that. Yeah. Because I was entertained a lot by that as a kid. Yeah, I mean, like, I think one of the reasons that Empire Strikes Back is the best movie ever, fight me, <laughs> um, is it's such a great blend of these great battle sequences as well as, you know, the Star Wars that we know and love. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get... Uh, both and, and really, Empire also was some of the first forcey stuff we got into. Yeah, um, like in A New Hope, there was really no exploration of the force. You, you had Obi Wan. That was exactly. it. He did the one mind trick. 
he... And then he disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did any floaty stuff. I think floaty stuff came in... Uh, I came in Empire. Yeah. I think that was introduced when Luke pulled the lightsaber to himself. Oh, no, no. Well, Vader did the choking. <clears throat> but, I mean, yeah. that... You, we're give, you're like, oh, goodness, yeah. you know. We're, we're told a lot about the Force. In, but not shown it. Exactly. In A New Hope, you know, we get that great explanation from Obi-Wan. Just like, hey, there's this thing called the Force. <laughs> you should... You should check that out. And then we get a lot of, oh, he's a Sith. He's the dark side of the Force. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like building up this lore that we have no context to, really. Yeah. And then in Empire, we get to see it, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really know where that was going. I don't so. know. Well, to not get too much into just the Force, since yeah. we're talking about that next week, but, I mean, the main idea of the blend of spirituality and the action, because that's kind of st- what <clears throat> Star Wars is. It's always yeah. blending spirituality with action, and you don't have one without the other. Yeah. But, um, but Mortis, though, it kind of eliminates the distraction of action yeah. and just goes to the heart of the issue. I mean, the, the main thing that keeps coming up is... Are you the one? Are you the chosen one? Will you bring balance? Will you do this? Um, and so, and I think for a lot of fans that came through the prequels or were reinforced as fans for the prequels, you know, with the introduction of the chosen one from that, this was a long-awaited thing because it's like, okay, are we going to finally get some answers because we've been asking since the Phantom Menace because it's just so casual in the prequels of, I think he's the chosen one. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's the chosen one. What's the chosen one? Yeah, yeah he might be the chosen one. Can you do? Can you can you tell me what's on this database? What's the chosen one? Exactly. Like we hear nothing about what the actual prophecy is. Yeah. I mean the I mean the most we get is he'll bring balance to the force. Okay. Where'd you get that? What? Where'd that come from? What? What's yeah, balance? Yeah. Whoa, well, that's relative too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like. I think for a lot of fans, this was a big thing because it was just like, oh, great, finally, we're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. And we do, but but we, it's, I, I think it still leaves some interpretation. Yeah. Um, and I say that because I know there are people that don't think Anakin's the chosen one, and I think that you're right from a point of view. There are people that think he is, and you're right from a point of view. There, and that's, I think, something this entire episode is meant to enforce is sorry for the jump cut there we were interrupted by the force um there's actually a mouse dressed in a tuxedo telling us to stop talking about disney but um we're we're gangsters so big hands (laughs) yeah we're 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 not listening to no stinking mouse he was holding a spiked bat (laughs) (laughs) no um so, but, uh, yes, these episodes, I think that is what these are meant to enforce. I don't think we're meant to get all the answers. No. And I don't think we're ever meant to, not just in these episodes, but in general. I don't think the the Force can ever be properly understood and still be the Force. No. Because as soon as we understand it, it's not the Force anymore. Exactly. It's like we turn into what the Jedi had become. You know, we're counting midichlorians along with them. Yeah, we know we know the way, we know how it is, you know, it's all, like... Do we know <laughs> We don't know the way. We know one way, but it's not the only way. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that 
is a good disclaimer for this episode is we're not in any way going to talk about what is in these episodes. This yes. is what this means. And that we're going to talk about what we think and how we took it and how we interpreted it, what we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think differently, that's fine. And we'd actually love to hear what you think. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we constantly tell you guys, join the conversation. Twitter, Facebook, let us know what you think, what you uh, interpreted and took from these episodes. Um, I always enjoy having conversations with people that don't think Anakin's the chosen one. Mm-hmm. I love some of the takes that they have on that. I've even met a couple of people um, that don't think the chosen one is a thing at all. So it's not, you know, we typically think of, okay, so if Anakin's not chosen one, who is? You know, and you expect, oh, Luke, oh, Ray, oh, Kylo, uh, or excuse me, Ben. But then you get people that are like, no, I think they were all wrong. I don't think there's a chosen one. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's a take. That's really interesting. Yeah. And, you know. I'd love I, to know how they got to that. I'm inquisitive. So if you are if you fall into any of the categories, just, you know, feel free to reach out to us, especially after the episode, and, and let us know what you think. Uh, mostly because, well, we're recording this in the past by the time you're listening to this, so you can't reach out to us now. Marty! we got to go back to the future. <laughs> but you can reach out to the future us and let, let us know what you think. But yeah. So, interesting episodes, hurting our brain, hurting our heart. It's, it's, it's the oh, force. Um, so, all right, so, and we kind of talked about this also in the Clone Wars we watched, but to go more into it since this is the deep dive, mm-hmm. for you, was Mortis real? Like, do you think it was a tangible world, tangible people? Do you think the force is actually controlled or funneled by physical godlike beings like what's your take well something that happened in star trek <laughs> okay uh basically picard was kind of beamed into another reality in his mind it happens to kind of show him uh something i don't even remember what it what it was uh but like he experienced a whole life in this world. Wait, oh, wait. Do I you think, remember that episode? I think I know what you're talking... Yeah. Like, he, he goes to, he goes to work. He, he's got a little <laughs> library office or something like that. He grows some facial hair. Yes. Right? Yes, that's it. Yeah. I have but, seen... Well, I've seen yeah. most of those episodes, but I've seen every episode of Star Trek Next Gen once. Yes. He's still my favorite <laughs> Out captain. Out of order. <laughs> yeah. He's still my favorite captain. I still, I still really, really enjoy Star Trek. Don't get me wrong. But it's one of those I've, I've seen once because just... Star Trek. Yeah. I feel like I feel yeah. like once once every couple of years is good. <laughs> <laughs> Although every so often I'll just pull up the Gorn episode and make yeah. you watch it from the original series. Um, but yeah, that, the Star Trek's a whole nother conversation. But yeah. um, yes, I, I, I'm aware of the So Yeah. So yeah. he was experiencing something for a purpose. Like, to show him, you know. Yeah, learn yeah. from, learn from a, an alternate reality. Yeah. Basically. And so... I kind of go in that category thinking it was, you know, like, I don't think it was like a full-on hallucination. I think it was more like a holodeck situation, Where, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So, so you think that it's like a forced vision? Yes. I just say that because that's kind of the category some people fall in. Yes, a fully realized forced vision. Interesting. What? Why is it interesting? <laughs> it's interesting just because I, I'm always interested by that by the implication of how the how the force would choose to communicate that way. 
Um, you know, we always have this very mystic distance communication um, concept with the Force. You know, reach out with your feelings. You know, quiet your mind. You'll be able to hear. The, you know, you have very faithful things of just like, you'll know when you're being led in the right way. Mm-hmm. You'll know when you're doing the right thing. Yeah, it's your so, feelings. So this, if, if taken as a vision, is very clear communication from the Force. This is Angel Gabriel coming to Mary saying, you're going to have a baby. Like, this is worlds colliding yeah. kind of communication. And I just find, I find that take interesting because... It, cre- it makes the force even more of a character. Not a, con- mm-hmm. not a concept, not a religion, not a energy. It makes it a character, you know, uh, which I just, I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, something somewhat, I, since I mentioned Gabriel and Mary, and, uh, yeah. you know, here's the thing, you know, we've said before, we teach Sunday school, we go to church, we do that kind of stuff, and it creates interesting conversations as that sort of thing kind of connects to Star Wars sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, and there, there's that truth that there's some religious iconic, iconography. 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 Um, um, <laughs> there's, there's religious iconography that appears in Star Wars, inspires Star Wars, informs Star Wars in some ways. Mm-hmm. I get you. So that said, I found it interesting talking to uh, another... Um, churchgoer that uh, enjoys Star Wars that basically said, oh, so this is the Shack episodes. Which, if you, theology aside. So, if you don't know the Shack, it's a book where a, it's a, book. a dude, uh, his daughter, uh, played by, and I'm kind of not happy about it, but Sam Worthington, one of my favorite actors, really? plays in the movie. Um, but the book is about a dude who loses his uh, daughter. His daughter's killed. And he kind of loses his faith. He kind of um, starts to question things, and he goes out to a shack in the woods, um, I think, to get things together, clear his mind and whatnot. And there he has an encounter with God. Yes. And while there also, he he doesn't just encounter God, but he encounters God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So he encounters the various forms of God. And so it's kind of this interesting interaction as he kind of discovers his faith and destiny and it's a, it's very i i well i didn't know about the shack until a few years ago yeah but it's a it's actually a really accurate take I oh mean, yes yes I see as it true. relates to morris I mean. yeah no not theology wise yeah don't go to the shack for to understand what christians yeah. believe no um talk to us yeah it's Christ, or, it's christian know, exploitation but it's christian fiction i should say yes um Anyway, that aside, it's it's actually a pretty accurate take in the idea of you're be, you're pulled into another world where you can freely communicate with the all controlling, all powerful, all knowing force of this universe, and you meet the various forms of said being as they relate to you because mm-hmm. each relates to you differently. You have the light that connects you to you. You have the dark. Now with with God, there's no dark, but you know. The light relates to Anakin, the dark relates to Anakin, and the balance is who he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, okay, you have the Father, you have the Spirit, and then you have the Son, who you're meant to be. It's like, you know, you might have said the smartest thing and never realized it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, that was the, it was, it was just really interesting. And that's why I love having these conversations of, like, what do you think? 
Because mm-hmm. I never would have thought of that. So it's, I, I can kind of see the spiritual journey side. Mm-hmm. I can kind of get on board for the whole, I think it was a spirit journey. Yeah. Just like in the 2000... No peyote needed. I was going to say, just like in the 2003 series, it was a peyote trip vision. <laughs> in this instance, it's communication clearly from the force. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. My interpretation is different, though. And that's what I think is great, because you have your interpretation, I have mine. And I think after you watch Rebels, you're, you'll have a different one as well. My, my interpretation was always metaphorical, in the sense, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that was a force vision, clear and simple. They weren't actually experiencing anything. But in Rebels... Do I need to plug my ears? No. Okay. Um, in Rebels, the Mortis gods appear on a mural meaning that there's actual art, um, very spiritual art, um, depicting these gods that we thought were figments of the Force. Uh, And that, along with the line of the Father saying, you know, most Jedi have forgotten about us. Hmm. Oh, it's interesting. That's very interesting. So, I cannot settle on whether or not I believe... Now... I don't think the Mortis gods are presented as the gods of the Force. Merely that they are the most powerful wielders of the Force. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're gods in the sense that they are the Force. They are physical representations of the Force. Mm-hmm. I think the Force uses them as representations of itself. Yeah, it's stuff like sense. this in conversations like this that make me want like a deep dive of like the guardian of the wills and that kind of thing mm-hmm. the guardians of the wills and the old republic and well even before the old republic that kind of thing well and that would be something so awesome is in an old republic movie or something mm-hmm. to have the mention of you know what mortis is that or like just a little <laughs> throwaway of like what mortis is this <laughs> by Ode, by the balance's beard <laughs> but um yeah, just to have the mentions of like, hey, wait a minute, so that's real to... Because it's kind of like the sense of, you know, Baze and um, Chirrut. Mm-hmm. In the sense that Chirrut believes a little differently than Baze. Although Chirrut seems to say that Baze was once the most, you know, zealous of them all. Mm-hmm. They, they believe a little differently. They both, both believe in the Force, but they believe a little differently. Yeah. And so, I think find it interesting the idea that maybe there are some Jedi that were considered a little hokey and wacky because they believed in the Mortis gods. Mm-hmm. I, I like this idea that maybe Jedi disagree on the origins of the Force. You know, did the Mortis gods create it? Were mm-hmm. they users of it? Did they exist at all? So, my take though is that if it's just a vision, I don't see how Star Wars Rebels works. Gotcha. I feel like there has to be more. Now, that's not to say that the Force wielders aren't still representations of the Force, but I don't think they just appear to our heroes in these episodes. Mm-hmm. By no, I think they've yeah. I think they've reached out before, uh, and I think we have yet to see that um, because basically, where the Mortis gods appear in Rebels is in an old, abandoned, rundown temple. Of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. One of the first. Not the first. The first was on Jeddah, supposedly, or Arcto. I, 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 I don't know. People don't seem to agree on that. Um, and I haven't read a reference book in a while. Well, the one on Jeddah is no longer there. So right, yeah. Um, seems to be most just... of Jeddah is not there anymore. Exactly. It's a giant crater. So, either way, but 
Um, it's in a Jedi temple, meaning the Jedi had connections to Mortis and knew about Mortis or taught about Mortis. Now, I also find that interesting how most of the Jedi have forgotten about us. They think it's about midi-chlorians now. They mm-hmm. think it's about the science of the Force. And I love the idea of there's more examples of the Jedi getting clinical. Yeah. Of like, well, we used to, you know, talk about Mortis and whatnot, but it's not it's not about that. It's about floating rocks and, you know, whatnot and keeping yeah. peace for the Republic. You know, it's not about gods. And I, 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 I find that's the kind of story I'm interested in. I want to see the skirmishes that happened. Like, I, I imagine, you know, the old, I don't even know what they're called. Like, the old talks that Plato used to have uh, in a arena or whatever. And just mm-hmm. be like, and then someone shouting, no, I believe this. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see that in Star Wars. And I think Old Republic is the best place for that. Mm-hmm. I think Old Republic is the best place to introduce that because that's, would be around the era that this would have been more relevant and more around. Um, so I find it... Because i got to play KOTOR, huh? I, well, I mean, it's not in KOTOR. But... Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we will eventually. On YouTube, go and subscribe. But, um, yeah, I definitely think eventually we have to get more Mortis. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't want all the answers. I just want to know how far back and how connected Mortis is to the big picture. Yeah. So... In, in case we've gotten off track and distracted and lost anybody. Basically, my take is that it's a little more real than a Force vision. Mm-hmm. And that I think it's not all about Anakin. I mean, mm-hmm. in these episodes, we're led to believe it's mostly about Anakin. And in these episodes, it is about Anakin. But I think there's more stories of Mortis where it's not about Anakin. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a bit more there. Yeah. Um, I feel like the gods of Mortis have been trying to reach out to the Jedi for years about, like, listen, you guys are doing something. Well, and, the, and that's the thing is, are, are, are they close enough, closely enough affiliated that they would want to reach out to the Jedi, reach out to the Sith? Like, what what's the dealio? Because mm-hmm. um, that's not something not clear. Because they constantly, you know, I mean, the son, when he's introduced, you're Sith. Ah, uh, yes and no. You know, and... and I, I like that. I like that they separate themselves from the rudimentary, you know, uh, biases of, so you're either Jedi or Sith, that's all That's all you can come up with, really, mm-hmm. in this big old galaxy. It's just Jedi and just Sith. No, it's bigger than that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, was Anakin the first one they asked, are you the one? Mm. Hmm. So, but on to that. Well, no, we'll get into that. So let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and start walking through... Um, the script a bit so we'll just we'll just kind of uh we're not gonna like read off the script but no. um we're gonna come to important parts we feel like are worth discussing and so you know you get uh the heroes they're landing and so the first weird trippy instance the and, and it's really quick in there is you know uh you have rex is supposed to meet the heroes they get to the same coordinates we're here where are you well we're here where are you and no, um, so do you have so for you being you take it more as visiony? Mm-hmm. How do you interpret? How does that fit for you in terms of like what's your idea of an explanation for that? I'm gonna be honest with you. I completely forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, let's so let's take it just really... well no let let's take it to the next gen that you you know you referenced okay so for so is Picard out of Picard basically just passed out <laughs> so, yeah so so with that like how does that inform how do you take maybe this? like the force was kind of messing with their senses a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say that for the Force, time is relative. Yes. So it could be that, I mean, well, it could be that, okay, they pull up, you know, the, uh, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka pull up, and they reach out to Rex, and then out. And... Because when, when they come back, Rex is like, hey, we lost you for a couple minutes. And they're like, it was more than that. So they could have been there the whole time and just for a moment been out. And that's when the Force kind of pulled them mm -hmm. into whatever realm it was uh, take trying intending to take them to. Mm -hmm. I could be. Yeah. I feel... So my thing is, at one point when they're talking to Rex... They lose power. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the time they crossed a threshold. I feel like when they lost power, they were crossing through something mm -hmm. to where that mortise um, geometry shape is. Cut. Yeah. I, I take that from various things where it's like, oh, we lost power for a second. Oh, it's fine. You know, and they don't realize they've crossed some supernatural border or something like you know. Uh, almost, um, oh, not Tommy Knockers. What is it? It's the, the Langoliers. Yeah. Kind of in that instance where it's. Speak. Of <laughs> kind of, I, now I don't. I don't recall if there's specifically a moment like that, but I have that same idea of where it's like, y y there's a hint to when you actually pass yeah. through if you pay attention. Yeah. So for me, I think that they pass through this place where reality meets the force. Yeah, where reality is kind of broken. Yeah, well, because we know there's a point where you can enter into a place where there is only the Force. Mm -hmm. That exists somewhere. This could be one of those places. So it's kind of that idea we feel like, well, the places we know about are all connected to Jedi temples or Jedi places. So it's kind of breaking the concept that only Jedi can access this or know about this connection of reality and force that it's another it doesn't just belong to the jedi mm -hmm. um yeah i imagine it's kind of like doctor who where there's certain rifts i feel yeah i feel like it's like this little pocket and i feel like that's purposeful because i feel like you know that they're anchorites they wanted to retreat from reality mm -hmm. and I, what better place than in a pocket where only the force exists yeah you know no one finds you unless you want them to and that's what happened here exactly so they pull in our heroes because they want to. Um, and, you know, off the bat, you know, you get the daughter introduced. And, I mean, she just very straight to the point, are you the one? I'm trying to think of something. Okay. Um, I'll give you time. Do you think that ultimately the father knew the true answer. I'm not going to say that what we believe the answer. I'll come back to that. 
Do, do you think that the father knew the true answer, but left it ambiguous for his children? As like, Do you think yes. they really didn't know, or were they asking him? I think he knew a possibility. Like, if we... He knew how it could come up. Like, you know what I mean? He, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he knew how it could go. Yeah. And, and it also could not. Exactly. Um, yeah. Now, do you think the ambiguity of him... No, or, or actually, let's not even that. Do you think him possibly being the chosen one, but choosing a different path takes away from him being the chosen one? Like, does that, like, do you feel like, oh, failed, you know, or like uh, he's disqualified? Or do you think that maybe that was part of it for think, him to make that choice or what? I think it was definitely part of it because he never would have, he never would have become the person who is ultimately re redeemed at the end if, you know, he hadn't chosen that path. It would, if we didn't get Star Wars the way we got it, do you think balance was achievable? Meaning, if Anakin didn't make the choice, Anakin killed Palpatine, went on being a Jedi, do you think he could have been the chosen one? Could he have brought balance? No, because I think he would have carried out the Jedi's idea of balance, which is no Sith. Only Jedi, forever and ever. Well, and even not just that, but just that the Jedi way is the way. Mm -hmm. If you, like, I mean, it's one of those ideas like, oh, you float rocks, you're a Jedi. No, I'm a guardian of, the, of will. You know, it's like, yeah. there's many churches of the Force and there's many connections to the Force. So I think even the idea of the Jedi thinking their way is the way would have kept him from that. Yes, exactly. And there's... If the Jedi Council unequivocally realized, oh, Anakin's the chosen one, how can we use this? Mm. That would be the outcome. Because there is no doubt in my mind that they would have used that. Well, and, you know, we've talked before about ultimately Palpatine wins either way. Exactly. Join me, we get the Empire. I win. Don't join me, the Jedi are defamed. You guys die. I mean, like, same way of, like, mm -hmm. he, ha he had contingencies. He had insurances that if he died, nobody won. Exactly. <laughs> Especially not the Jedi. But one way we haven't talked about, you know, he also wins, is this idea of if Palpatine really believed he, Anakin was the chosen one, if he thought about the possibility of, well, I die... But you know what? They still don't get to enjoy the Chosen One because they, they would still use him as a weapon like I did. Exactly. You know, whether you look at Vader or you look at Anakin, both were a weapon. Mm -hmm. They were a tool for a means to either side. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to ask? Okay, so kind of skipping ahead, just because I want to make sure we talk about it, since we, I kind of already brought up the whole idea of the Chosen One. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned on the Friday show, I thought that this kind, for me, yes, my interpretation, I think this confirmed for me, it still does, Anakin was meant to make the choices he, was, he made. Yes. Because we see, even when presented with, hey, this is going to happen, you should do something about it, he chooses to do the very thing exactly. that would have brought about the same outcomes. 
Now you talking about the idea of even if he was a Jedi, I mean there was no way. It got it, it makes me think even more so. Because if you look at the journey of these episodes, you have Anakin being faced with his destiny, being pulled to either side, and then all of a sudden he's used his weapon, ends up he's meant to destroy the dark, but ends up destroying the light mm-hmm. and unleashing the dark. And then is redeemed in such a way to bring balance. Yep, by self-sacrifice. That synopsis is literally the explanation of these episodes, what happens, and the Skywalker saga. The, mm-hmm. the main six of the Skywalker saga. I'm not excluding the sequel trilogy. You guys know I love it. I didn't mean it that way. But I mean, in terms of Anakin's story of the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. It's the same path. So I feel like even more it's ingrained like, this was kind of meant to be... Because I've always, I've always kind of interpreted it in the sense of, okay, he was the chosen one and he made the wrong choice until the day he made the right choice, almost 30 years later. Yep. But in reality, now I'm thinking about it, I think the whole time it was the choice he was meant to make. And I think that's where the sequel trilogy is starting to explore this idea of, okay, hold on a minute. Didn't you learn anything? It's not about the Jedi. It's not about the Sith. It's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Both Kylo and Luke are preaching the same thing. Exactly. It's time for the Jedi to end. It's time for the Sith to end. It's, it's time for just the Force exactly. to be. And so I think that that's where the conflict of the sequel trilogy is coming from, from a spiritual standpoint, is mm-hmm. you know, you're bringing it back to this rele- relegated and organized religion type of way of this is this way and that's that way and we know this and we know like you know and so I think all along the force was saying hey you're meant to get rid of all of it you know you're meant to be what takes all of it down yeah that said that said do you think the force is morally wrong for seeking it okay first of all rewind rewind me do you agree with the idea that the for- and I'm not don't agree with me because I'm your husband, <laughs> genuinely. Yes. Do you agree with the idea that Anakin was meant to make the choices that led to the downfall of the Jedi and eventually the Sith? In my own mind, in my own words, yes. So, do you think that morally corrupts the Force? Does that make the Force bad because the downfall of the Jedi and Sith killed a lot of people? He wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. I'm just trying to think of a way to say it nicely. I mean, so do forces of nature all the time. Is nature corrupt? Is nature morally wrong? You mean because the wolf kills the hare? Exactly. Hmm. I mean, that's a that's a good point. I mean... I bring that up, I mean, because we've already mentioned church goy <laughs> stuff. And yeah. You know, there's there's typically um, this difficult discussion of if God's good, why does He let this these bad things happen and so forth and so on. You know, if the force is because we now we I don't want to say we assume. I I think that we're meant to interpret the force as good. Yes. You know, right in the ultimate sense. So I think it kind of goes against the grain for us to be like. So the force meant to kill all those Jedi, you know. How how do you how do you I mean basically the story 
kind of glosses over. It's just, yeah. and transition. Um, but, but in the story of it, you know, Jedi and characters you know and love and that were for all intents and purposes good guys, if not a little too zealous in their beliefs, how do you compromise them dying for the sake of balance in the Force while not making the Force the bad guy? To make an omelet? You gotta crack a few eggs? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dang. Cold-hearted. I don't know. Like, I don't... <laughs> That's... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm asking you to think about yeah. it. I'm... I'm, 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 I'm it's not something we think about. Like I said, yeah. literally, the, the we transition quickly. We go quickly so we don't think about those things because those are deep moral questions. Yeah. But the beauty of Star Wars is just because we transition past them doesn't make them go away. Yeah. The questions are still there of how do we keep the Force good if we think that the Force meant to, <laughs> meant to do everything? That's a good question. Because like we've said in theology, I mean, we can... Look, people are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we have God-given free will. And that's what makes bad people do bad things. Mm -hmm. It's free will at the end of the day. But this... I don't know. I don't know. Good question. It's a really good question. <laughs> um, if any of you guys in the herd want to take a crack at it, yeah, um, I, we would absolutely love to hear your thoughts. But yeah, um, I mean, I could wax philosophical for about three hours and still not come to a firm conclusion. Well, I don't think we're meant to. Yeah, there is no. I mean, um, even in in the church idea of the sense, there's no definitive answer. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a there's a faith that. No matter what happens, there's the best intentions in mind. Mm -hmm. Whatever goes on, whatever bad, whatever good, the best is in mind. Mm -hmm. And I guess, because again, you, this is your fault. <laughs> you brought, you introduced this line of thought, ma'am. <laughs> How did um, I do that? Uh, well, when we started talking about the idea of, you know, this was meant to be. Yes. And he could not have bought balance any other way. Mm-hmm than what happened. So if that was meant to be, and that's what the Force intended to happen, how does the Force not become this evil Force? Mm -hmm. How does the Force stay good? And I think it's this idea that... I mean, there's no way we're going to come up with an answer that agrees with everybody, but I think exactly. at the end of the day, it's about the intentions behind it. I think at the end of the day, the best outcome was the outcome we got. Mm-hmm. We don't agree with it because we love Plo Koon and we love clones and we love so many Jedi. Yeah. And we hate the idea that the Force intended for the Empire to happen. But I think in a lot of ways, to get the outcome we got, to get Luke onto Death Star 2, facing the Emperor, throwing away his lightsaber like an idiot, and saying, I am a Jedi. Not in the religious sense, in the truest Force sense. Mm -hmm. I'm a Jedi. To get that, I think we needed everything else. I don't think there was any other way. Mm -hmm. I mean, if the Jedi had continued to exist and if, you know, the Separatists were destroyed, like, how, how, how could we have possibly gotten balance? Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I don't think it was achievable. And hot take, that's why I think Anakin fulfilled his destiny as the Chosen One. Mm-hmm. He brought a valid balance, yeah. whether it be through indirect means. Yeah. So now that, do you think that the, the story going on with the sequel trilogy diminishes what he did as the Chosen One? Like, if, if he's the Chosen One and he did the Chosen One thing, shouldn't that fix everything? Like, Absolutely. Does, does you know... The nature of balance is that at times there are imbalances. So you think the sequel trilogy is an imbalance? It's a tip in the scale a little bit of... I think it's bringing it back into balance. I don't think that what happened at the end of the original trilogy brought balance completely. Mm -hmm. I mean... I don't know. I think, you know, I think it's interesting because, you know, and we just talked to Michael Morisi about his book. You know, if you haven't got, hey guys, if you haven't read Black Star Renegades, it's an amazing book by, by uh, Michael Morisi. And it tackles this idea, this big responsible weight of the Messiah complex. This idea that one person's meant to do everything. They'll save us, or, you know, in this anti-sense, that they'll destroy us. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you've got, you know, Anakin right there, definitively. Mm-hmm. Jedi think, okay, he'll save us. The Sith think, okay, he'll destroy them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this idea of, you know, you are one end of the polarized scale. Mm-hmm. And I've always interpreted, you know, I do think that the ba- that balance was meant to be begun with Anakin Skywalker. Exactly. But I think ultimately it's up to us. It, well, you know, it's up to individuals. Yes. You know, Luke had to choose to remain balanced. You know, um, everyone else, it's, it's, it's personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think there's this idea that it, well, Anakin started something. But ultimately, Anakin can't change everybody's mind. Exactly. You know, we... Individuals have to choose to find their own balance. And that's how balance is, I think, galactically achieved. Yeah. You know, when everybody plays their part kind of thing. Yeah. 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 The force. So, um, so back to kind of going through the script. So, yeah, all right. And, um, boop, 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 boop. We already t- in the cl- in the rewatch we talked about the cool visual of the 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 planet that oh, we yeah. get you know the it's light gorgeous. the dark the life the death yeah um, yeah this this episode these episodes were very a very visual representation of the force like we saw in the last Jedi and we talked about that a little bit but it's always cool to see a little bit of the force in action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Well, and I think that's what's so powerful in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. The visual. Yeah. The seeing, as Ray's saying, life, death, light, dark, all that stuff. I think it's powerful mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. Um, all right, so, you know, kind of just, again, walking through the script, we get to the point in when Qui-Gon appears. Yeah. So do you believe this was Qui-Gon? In this instance, For you. yes. For you. Yes. What were you going to say? In the sense what? In the instance of him appearing to Obi-Wan. 
Oh, hot take. Yes, hot take. Um, I, man, that was such a powerful moment it, for, for Liam to come back for that. Yeah, let me, I, I said it in the rewatch, like, I, I wasn't expecting it, and it was that much more powerful. Like, I glanced at you a few times and just looked at you while you were watching my face and wondering what the heck you were waiting for it <laughs> waiting for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And then that happened and I was like, oh, you were waiting for my heart to break. That's right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. This is very unexpected for a first time view. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and it, it comes out of nowhere a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you just hear. Mm-hmm. You just hear him. And then all of a sudden, there he is. And so, um, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. They have a little bit of an exchange, kind of in the idea of Obi-Wan being honest of like, look, I'm doing my best, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this kid. <laughs> yeah. And, and Qui-Gon really not offering any help, but basically saying, if he's the chosen one, he'll find it out here. Mm-hmm. I find it... Do you think Qui-Gon knew about Mortis prior to this, or do you think it's something he discovered as a ghost? Spooky. Um, no real big implications. I'm just curious. Yeah, I think like he must have come across something in his studies. We know that he loves to study, mm-hmm. so probably. Now, do you think he brought himself to Mortis, or do you think Mortis pulled him in? Because he, you know, when he asks Obi Wan's like, well, "Why are you here?" He's like, "I'm here because you're here." Hmm. Hmm. That's another line that I completely forgot about. Well, that's why. I, oh, by the way, um, boo-doop, boo-doop. Boo-doop, boo-doop. I love um, it. Rebecca Raven, I believe. Um, let me pull up. If you can hear my clicky, clicky, get over it. Um, <laughs> I have a very loud mouse on that computer. Yes, Rebecca Raven. Um, thank you for sending the script. You are why we're able to so smoothly be able to kind of journey through this script and, and yeah. find these moments to talk. Much appreciated. Yes, thank you. Um, so, uh, do you think Mortis pulled him in, or do you think he pulled himself in? I think Mortis pulled him in, probably. I think that I think that works better because if if any old force ghost can just wander in, yeah. Or to take it up a notch, what if Qui Gon was just a, a physical manifestation of? That was like plucked out of Obi Wan's mind by the Force, and just like you need, you need a father figure, like today. So here, have one. So like the Force communicating with Obi Wan, but saying, "Hey, this is a form suitable to you. This would comfort you. This would mean something to you." Which would explain why the son appeared to Anakin in the form of his mother, because that would be the most effective. Uh, well. I can more agree with what you're saying about Qui-Gon than the sun. I think, I think the sun did that for obvious manipulative reasons. Yeah. But I, I do see the idea you're going for of, you know, this means something to you. Yeah. Now, but... We'll, we'll actually, I'll actually save that for next week for the Force when we talk about the Force. Because that, that gives me an interesting question. Okay, write it down. Um, I will have to, because I will forget. Um, but you mentioned, all right, go ahead while I write that down. You mm-hmm. mentioned Smee. I did mention Smee. 
Um, so go ahead and talk about that moment. That moment is... That, like, I talked about it briefly on the rewatch. That movie, that moment was emotional for many, many different reasons. Like, this is the first time we've seen Shmi since we watched her die in uh, Attack of the Clones. And I think that probably brought up a lot of feelings in Anakin. Probably just the memory of the last time he saw her. Mm-hmm. And it was doubly, you know, that much emotional because we are we are coming up on the anniversary of, you know, Christy passing away. Mm-hmm. And that was very rough for us last year. Um, and I guess it was... I guess what I, what I kind of felt was like a sense of okay, I can relate to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can relate to what he is feeling in this moment, and it must suck for him right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, when we watched Attack of the Clones, um, you know, recently, that, you know, that scene is very relative. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, if I could, I would have killed some Tusken Raiders. Um, and... You know, if I thought it would make it better. Now, mm-hmm. what I find interesting, and I'm not just trying to hurry because I don't want to talk about personal stuff. We've talked about personal stuff on here before. I just want to make sure we get to stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm not rushing in that sense. But, yes, very relative. Yeah. And because of that, it bring, it, you know, it comes to an interesting point when um, Shmi comes to him. Okay, so... You know, he, Anakin says, I was too late to save you. I failed as a Jedi and I failed you. And, okay, she says, well, really the son, but, you know. Yeah. She said, okay, how? He said, now, I I have to say I appreciate seeing this in the transcript as well because it re- reinforces more. I know I don't want it to sound like I'm teasing on George Lucas. Yeah. I'm not. But in in this script writing... There's that very Shakespearean essence that he goes for in a lot of his writing that you see specifically as it relates to Anakin. Yeah. But it's done way better here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Matt Latner's to praise for that. I think directing is to praise for that. But overall, it goes to show that what George was trying to do works for Star Wars. It works for Anakin. Yes. Uh, because in, his, in these lines, very very stagey. Mm-hmm. So he says, I only I tasted only vengeance when I slaughtered so many to avenge your death. Um, so Anakin even acknowledges mm-hmm. it didn't do anything. Yeah. I thought it would make it better, but it didn't do anything. I mean, he comes back to, like, kill a bunch of Tusken Raiders many years later, so oh, yeah. I don't think he learned his lesson fully. Well, I mean, he had time to kill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like his stress <clears throat> toy, I think, in a way, to just like, okay, I, I'm feeling I've, upset, I gotta go. Well, no, I, 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 I agree. I think it was yeah. a moment where he was like, being here makes me so angry because of the memories, because of all this other stuff. I've just got to go kill some Tusken Raiders to vent a little bit. Yeah, it's like, I, I got to go play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, so, and then this exchange begins with Sh- Shmi's uh, apparition mm-hmm. uh, and Anakin of, you know, kind of let, not letting your guilt define you. What's interesting, such a true message comes from the sun there. Yeah. But it gets interesting when he's like, you know, the only love I feel in my heart is haunted by what would happen should I let go. Mm. You know, this is this is where attachments go wrong. Yes. This is what the Jedi preach against. And I'm not saying they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that not having attachments is not the solution to properly having attachments. Exactly. Um, but again, great, great line delivery of it mm-hmm. um and so and but but it's honest in the sense that he loves but that love is also um used against him in the sense that he doesn't want to lose it mm-hmm. and that's when shmi says that's not true love that's a prison um and anakin says but i have a wife you've met her she's everything to me and she's like oh she's not your destiny but i love her no she's a prisoner and i find that really interesting yeah because obviously the son knows where Anakin's heart is. I mean, Anakin mm-hmm. even just admitted, like, I'm just afraid to lose her. Yeah. It's like, that's not love. Exactly. If you're so afraid to lose someone that you are willing to really... Do a lot of horrible stuff. Do a lot of terrible, terrible things and kind of make their quality of life go down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, you know, not at all. Um, that's not love. It's, like, we talked about, uh, when we were watching Twin Peaks, uh, Leo and Shelly. Mm-hmm. Leo says he loves Shelly so much. Mm-hmm. Then why did he treat her so horribly? Mm-hmm. Because he was afraid to lose her, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, and he thought force would keep her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, don't do that. You know, a list of rules... Uh, you know, threats, all this other stuff. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, this abusive stuff is going to make sure you don't leave and don't cross the lines and you just love me and that's it. We don't lose this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it shows a weakness and a misunderstanding of love mm-hmm. uh, when relationships look like that. Yeah. Now, do you think that the, the son's just making this up or do you think he's picking up on anxieties Anakin actually has? I think he's picking up on anxieties. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, and I feel like that's much more tragic too, if that's oh, yeah. true. Definitely. Because the son's only saying what Anakin is saying to himself. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then just got to mention again that beautiful scene when it's revealed yeah. that it's the sun, that it's crack so of lightning. Oh, oh. visually <laughs> stunning. Quickly, it transitions from that to Are you happy, child? Your master, does he treat you well? You know, now it gets to be Ahsoka's vision. Now, here's the thing. Okay, so when thinking about these things, Um, I thought about how the visions are spoken to, um, each of them. Ahsoka's the one I don't really have much on. With Obi-Wan, it's a warning. Yes. It's a warning about Anakin. Mm -hmm. Be careful. If he's the chosen one, he'll find it out here. But what he finds out, he's very powerful. It could be dangerous. Mm -hmm. With Anakin... It's this warning against attachments. It's it's this warning of this is what's going to turn you. This is what's going to uh, put you on the wrong path mm-hmm. because you've allowed your love, which I do believe is genuine, but you've allowed your love to make you a prisoner and make her a prisoner. 
Mm-hmm. If you lose that, you know, you're you're willing to lose a lot. Yeah. Um. Again, all my interpretations of what those mean. I think though that Ahsoka's is the weakest, but it, I I felt like it was mostly about self-preservation. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was this warning of, don't let Anakin take you with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, while we're watching this episode, I was struck yet again of the realization that Ahsoka is a child. Yeah, she's probably about 14-ish yeah. by now. But, like... Oh, I mean, I'm not saying... Yeah, she's a baby. Yeah, she's still... <laughs> she's very young for all of this. Yeah, like, it... I think so much about the children who were... I'm just gonna say kidnapped by the Jedi. Because... Kind of. That's what that's From what a certain happened. point of view. Um, I think so much about them and what their parents went through to give up their children and then their children never got to be children. Mm -hmm. They were forced into a literal war. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes Padawan so tragic in my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's all given up for this idea of the greater good. Like, oh, it's such an such an honor. I mean, Ahsoka specifically, her people were honored when she was chosen. Mm-hmm. It was sort of this thing of like, oh, great, you know, something good has come out of you know all this. And so I think that's the masquerade it's all under is like it's all mm-hmm. viewed as such a a beautiful, wonderful thing to happen. Yeah. And it's bizarre to see children behaving and talking like soldiers. Mm. Very true. Mm-hmm. And, and and even more so when this is their first and pretty much only Jedi experience, like, you know. Exactly. Like, I think about uh, Luminara's apprentice. What's her name? Barris. Barris. She, too, is just a kid. And look at what she had... Look at what she could do mm-hmm. in those episodes that we got her. She was a very effective soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Luminara was just ready to get... We can get back into this later. <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean, I think yeah. th- it is... It's constantly worth mentioning Ahsoka's age and all this. Yeah. And what she's kind of going through. Um, so, I mean, we could talk a little bit more about that. But I think overall the idea with Ahsoka's vision is it's about recognizing if you're not careful, you're going to go with him. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, da 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 da. So the episode ends with a big show of yeah. Anakin subduing the the daughter and son. So, do you think now? Again, George Lucas' brainchild. Do you think that was George Lucas saying, "I told you he was the chosen one"? You know, <laughs> do you think that was his definitive? Anakin is the chosen one. I think that was his way of showing that balance is possible. That's a diplomatic way to put it. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> that is, a, like you said, a great show of, hey, this can be done. Mm-hmm. Anakin is probably the one to do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Now, it's interesting. I mean, do you think that... I know I mentioned earlier on in the hot take of, oh, hey, um, there's some people that don't think the Chosen One exists at all. Do 
you think the Mortis gods, if they're to be taken in such a way, mentioning and talking about the Chosen One, do you think that makes it real in the sense that there is a Chosen One? Anakin or whoever aside, there is a Chosen One. Do you think the Mortis gods make that true? You know, them saying, are you the Chosen One? There, It was foretold there's a Chosen One. I mean, if we're going to go into it with, like, the vision theory, um, I'd say, like, they're using that specific language because it's something that Anakin had heard probably his whole life. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, I think it pretty much does confirm the fact that there is a chosen one, to me at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're talking about old gods here. Old gods? Uh, yeah. You know, Mortis gods. Oh, okay. Having been around for so long. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I mm -hmm. think it does bring it into reality a little bit more. Yeah. Because um, if they are who they say they are, them knowing about a chosen one, but it also, it's interesting because that means the, the, the chosen one didn't originate with them. The mm -hmm. idea of a chosen one is a legend even to them. Mm -hmm. So I think that shows yet again, they might be powerful, but they're not the force. Yes. You know, because uh, I think that's the common mis misinterpretation. From my perspective, I don't think yeah. that when you look at certain things that deeply, you can you can take it as they are the force, mm -hmm. because they speak as if there's something else. They're just a part of yeah. it, if that makes sense. And then we come to the big end of episode one, and that's as far as we've gotten. We'll touch on some other parts, but I think, I think really the first episode is what presents the biggest concepts yeah. that are explored in the others, other two episodes. Mm -hmm. And so it ends with the, the father just putting it all on the table. I've got Alexis. I'll cheat you right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, he just says, will you stay and keep my children in balance? And Anakin refuses, and the father says, I can't force you. Uh, the choice must be yours. But leave, and your selfishness shall haunt you and the galaxy. Yes. There's nothing to really interpret about No, that. that's just straight up, hey, you gonna be Darth Vader, one way or another. But yet again, I feel like this shows Anakin doesn't want to be the Chosen One. Mm -mm. Anakin doesn't want to believe in the Chosen One. Anakin wants to be happy. Exactly. Um, ultimately, as the father reveal, or as the son revealed, though, that's going to be his downfall. Yep. Um, and and that's kind of what he's saying. Your selfishness will bring you and the galaxy down. Yeah. Um, but yet again, I feel like it's bringing the galaxy into a necessary place. Yeah. Uh, because without all of that, what balance could there have been? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to appreciate that. I, I, and I love, you know, that you get the little... As the episode ends there. Because it's just, it's so beautifully foreboding. Oh, yeah. Of, of his future and everything. And it's like the concept of, we know how Anakin's story ends. He mm -hmm. doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like, we know where, you know, he dies. We know... We've got so many great stories of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, 
but we we also know he gets redeemed at the end, so we're not like it's not super it's, stakey. Right. But like those little notes of the Imperial Marts are still very nice. Well, it's a beautiful way when you know the end. Yeah. To still keep it interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So fast forwarding a bit into episode two, I found this interesting. And again, it's something that thankfully having the script, I'm able to catch more. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ahsoka is taken prisoner by the sun. There's a moment where a very Gollum-like prisoner interpretation of the sun mm-hmm. appears to her, tries to kind of convince yeah. her like, You're, he's not coming for you, he's blah, blah, blah. I found this interesting because I just caught this line. So at one point he says, you know, oh, you know, he says, save your energy. Uh, you've been left here to die. So he says, then I will escape. He replies, impossible. I've been here for more years than I care to remember. I find it interesting because we know that's the sun. Yeah. The sun views this as imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that review? Now, again, he's bigger than the sin. Mm-hmm. But knowing he represents the dark side, or is at least strongly connected to it, what do you think that concept of feeling like a prisoner brings to interpreting the Sith a little bit? I feel like we as a, you know, as a fandom tend to put, you know, the dark side in a box mm-hmm. of that belongs to the Sith. You know, that we don't go in there. Mm-hmm. And I think in the universe, everyone does that as well. Just like, you can't join our super secret dark side club because you're a Jedi. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I kind of get it of, you know, underutilized, he feels. Yeah, so you so it's kind of, well, I mean, you know, you, you got 10,000 Jedi. Mm-hmm. Got two. Two and a half Sith. Yeah. You know. A couple of alkalites in there somewhere. <laughs> um, a night sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, I th- I think I do agree it, um, with that take. I do agree mm. that you know it's kind of this um, underutilized, kind of needy, mm-hmm. um, and I think that plays on the Sith's pers- personalities in mm-hmm. general as well. Yeah. I think it also is a good hint at what the dark side is. It's a trap. It's an it's a prison. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to make everything better. Ultimately, the dark side might feel good, uh, but it ends up only giving you more suffering, mm-hmm. more pain, and eventually, ultimate death. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so I think um, now and again that's all fresh. Like because again I I've never thought about that line. Mm-hmm. Another line I have not all uh, I've not thought about much. Still, as the prisoner, you know, he, uh, he releases Ahsoka, and um, she says thank you. He says the chains, the chains are the easy part. It's what goes on in here, that's the hard. Don't you see, child? You are alone now, and if you survive, you want to, you must forget your master. Um, so less the last part, but mostly the part about the idea of Darth Vader's real chains. Were in his mind. Mm-hmm. What kept Darth Vader Darth Vader was his idea that it's too late for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's I, I can't be redeemed. Yeah. No Sith has ever been redeemed. 
And I think that's part, you know, self-deprecation. And it's also part manipulation of the emperor. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Reading the comic, you see how many times the emperor puts him down and puts him in his place, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and reminds him of why he's there and what he did. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to give him a hug. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, poor baby. I, I hate that they won't let you do that at Disney. I know. I want to um, give him a hug. Not even children. I know, right? Uh, yeah, but it go, I mean, and, and it, it's again, again, the dark side is nothing but a prison. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in life. Now, we might not have a, an, a literal light or dark side, but ultimately, choosing uh, one path is the pain of prison, One, and, while the other path is the pain of of change Mm -hmm. and humility. Humility hurts, but it's far more rewarding. It's far more freeing um, than selfishness, Mm -hmm. ultimately. Um, Now we get into some interesting bits as the son confronts the father, and we start to get towards the part where Obi-Wan retrieves the dagger. You know, again, we can't really, I can't really separate uh, religion from the Force because they're, so many connective tissues. Mm-hmm. So, in in this bit, when the son confronts the father, I see a very similar story to, um, I want to say it's Jacob and Esau. Um, when, basically, the son goes to the father and well, no, it's, uh, well, hang on. I'm getting my facts straight. Doing some Googling. Yeah. In the meantime, enjoy this small uh, song. Okay, so Jacob and Esau was not the greatest example. No. Um, with Jacob and Esau, one of the brothers stole the birthright because yes. basically he got tired of waiting. Yes. The better example is the um, prodigal son. Yes. In the sense of, I mean, literally when, you know, when you read the story in the Bible, the son goes to his father and says, I want my inheritance. That, that in those times literally meant, are you just touching things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you took all, my choo-choo train of thought just went, Phew. Yeah, you're ready for that person to die. Is what, is yes. What, yeah. Exactly. Like, that's basically going to your parents and saying, hey, give me your money because I'm ready for you to die. I can't wait anymore for that insurance money. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the father gives it, goes on, realizes that's not the way I should be living, comes back to the father and says, hey, I'm sorry. And the father's like, hey, I don't care. You're home. I love you. The point being, um, there's a line when he says, you know, don't do this, son. Don't become what you should not. Be strong. I implore you or else I would be forced to contain you. And you, uh, the son, oh, I love this too. It's a great delivery from Sam, but say, you look frail, father. Um, <laughs> it's like if you've watched Doctor Who. Yes. I know you have, but I mean, uh, talking to the herd. I have. There's, there's a moment when, it's, it's actually David Tennant's first episode, mm-hmm. um, where basically there's alien invasion, mm-hmm. as usual, and the doctor kind of resolves things. He basically says, hey, get out. I'm the doctor. These people are under my protection. And so he kind of arranges. He fixes it. And then um, the human government comes in and destroys the aliens. Mm -hmm. The doctor already took care of things. And they come in and say, you know what? You invaded. You're dead. Kill them. 
and he gets so mad at the prime minister and that he used to know that he goes to one of her aides and says, doesn't she look a bit tired to you? <laughs> and that sows the seeds. Mm -hmm. She's out of office not long after that, we exactly. find. Oh, it's just it's one of, great. Now that means nothing to these episodes. <laughs> yes, All but it, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's it's that same just little, the the delivery of it's just so. You looks a little bit tired, aren't you? Mm -hmm. You want to go home, don't you? You want you don't want to do this, mm -hmm. um, but the father says, "I'm not dead yet." I ain't dead yet. <laughs> Which is something my mom used to say in a very different context. Oh my um, gosh, she loved. She, <laughs> she loved would to look. Say that. She would look at young, cute boys now. Jensen uh, Ackles. Uh, yes. Yeah, appropriately aged, <laughs> young to her. Yes. Uh, boys, and if you caught her, she would say, "What? I'm not dead yet." Yeah. <laughs> so that's my mom. Folks. Yeah, we had a particular uh, guy at the Pizza Hut that she would always hit on. Um, and so then the son says, "So I'm not dead yet." The son says, "Well, perhaps I'm tired of waiting." And then. I know Sam, the fan in Sam, got excited for this. He gets to scream, I hate you. And of course, it's an echo. Yeah. Sam already echoed the Emperor in the, in the idea of, we'll destroy the Sith and the Jedi. And then he, in this moment, he gets to, it's like, he's already played Palpatine, now he gets to play Anakin. It's that, that echo of Anakin's cries on the fields of lava of, I hate you. Oh. I'd like, I need everyone to know. That when you do your emperor voice, <laughs> you do T-Rex arms. I do. I can't see him without that. And I do it too. Like, it, it's just, it's synonymous with yep. the emperor. Wrist to chest. Wrist to chest. <laughs> um, Crone hands, you know, the whole nine yards. So there, there's that, so uh, that's just an appreciation of how many times they pay attention to the dialogue. Yes. We want this dialogue to line up. Um, but the idea, you know, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. I'm tired mm -hmm. of waiting for balance to be gone. I'm going to act. And that's very Palpatine. Yes. I'm tired of waiting. I've been doing my waiting. 12 years of it. Um, well, much longer. Much, much longer. Like 21 years. So he's ready to act. Mm -hmm. Now that the chosen one's been revealed, all of a sudden, okay, all the pieces are falling into place. I am ready. Mm -hmm. I have been waiting. We created you so many years ago. We're not getting into that, but. We will on the Force episode. <laughs> Trust me. I'm not letting it go, guys. Um, so, Sun attacks. This creates a moment where the Obi-Wan's like, you've got, you've got to help. He's talking to the doctor. You, you, doctor. Daughter. You've <laughs> got to help. So, she brings him to the altar of Mortis where he um, retrieves the dagger. And we talked a little bit about this in our Clone Wars rewatch because of what the dagger represents. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Anakin's the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> he was the dagger the whole time. <laughs> Look at it. He's, he's so pointy. Um, <laughs> Stab him with the pointy end. <laughs> um, any elaboration or am I? Go wild, baby. Okay. Uh, yes. This is where the metaphors get thick. Three C's thick. Jeez. Um, because now we're pulling in this idea. We've already talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, for the for Palpatine, he wants to control Anakin to destroy the Jedi. Mm -hmm. The Jedi want to control Anakin to destroy the Sith. Any way you cut it, Anakin was always a weapon to these people. 
I mean, on the, the some of the last moments Obi-Wan sees Anakin, he's busy whining and complaining about you were the chosen one. You were meant to destroy the Sith. You know, Anakin re or, uh, Obi-Wan reveals his heart, reveals his motives for Anakin. You know, that's why he believed in him. He believed he could destroy the Sith. And, and it's so much more than that. But we also see the poetic um, tragedy of wielding such a powerful weapon. Yeah. Because ultimately, the dagger isn't used on the son. Mm -mm. It's used on the daughter. I'm representing, you know, it's not, he doesn't destroy the Sith. He joins them, destroys the Jedi. Seemingly. 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 <laughs> um, you know, because ultimately from that moment, um, there's kind of this connection with the light persevering in the next generation. The light being connected and giving life to Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. By which I think Ahsoka represents the younger generation, the next generation, Luke, Leia. The next ones who would come and bring back Anakin, bring back this idea of balance, bring back things into order. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, you know, this is where they really, there's no guesswork. I don't, I don't think, again, I will say this is my interpretation, but I've talked to people that have a very, very similar interpretation of Anakin being the weapon that ultimately is misused because he was never meant to be a weapon in the first place. Exactly. Um, and so the light is destroyed seemingly and dark prevails. But I love the reaction of the son because he's grieves. he mm -hmm. grieves for his sister. Also, if you've never seen a video of Sam Witwer voice acting... Oh, look it up. Look it up. There's a fantastic one on YouTube. Like, just the emotion that he's able to imbue into his characters. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so, in that moment, yet again, I see a parallel to Anakin. Mm-hmm. Anakin now, not being the weapon, but the one who drove the weapon, him being the representation of the sun, mm -hmm. mourns over losing his light, losing... Padme. Mm. Um, because ultimately that wasn't what he intended. Yeah. And it brings about this whole new problem of grieving now because of what he's had to lose to get what he wants. Any thoughts? Anything you want to say? It's the role of compromise. You know, you have to give something to get something. Mm -hmm. It's the... What is it, the the law of equal... Uh, equal and opposite exchange, or something. The law of, yeah. Equivalent exchange. Equivalent exchange, thank you very much. They Sorry. made the circle, and they put the pentagram in the middle, and then they summoned their <laughs> it's dead It's not mom. a pentagram. It's the closest word that I could think of. <laughs> um, yeah, don't... It, bringing back your dead mom literally costs an arm and a leg. Don't do it. But <laughs> um, well, and then there's the... we. I mean, I think we already mentioned... And when we brought that up the first time, that they had the right ingredients, but it still wasn't right. Exactly. Like, Matt Pat has a great... 
Game Theory. Matthew Patrick. Matthew Patrick. From Game Theory. From Grum Thur. Grum Thur. Uh, has a great theory about, like, uh, you know, the when they talk about... We're talking about Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, probably. in Full Metal Alchemist. The show. Yes, the show. That Matt Pat's talking specifically. about. Um, they never had the correct measurements. It was always going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good um, line of symmetry with Anakin. Exactly. Him doing... Really, I don't... Again, I don't think there was any way to cut it that there wasn't tragedy. Yep. Any any way, the ingredients were imbalanced. Yep. Uh, and, and ultimately... He too lost an arm. And two legs. And two, he and lost his, both arms. And his brother lost and a at body least, like, eventually. At least a few <laughs> layers of skin. <laughs> Ooh. Um... And the, lost the ability to go outside. It, yeah. It's like, roll my tank outside, Herbert. <laughs> I want to see the sun. I wish to feel. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of great symmetry in, in, in those moments, again, of you know Anakin being the weapon that ultimately is misused, but then also you've got Anakin being the one grieving in the end of like, here I thought I was... This was what was going to mm-hmm. free me. This was what was going to open the doors to my prison. And ultimately, I lost the only thing I loved. Mm-hmm. You lost the key. Mm. Um, and so really, in the last episode, the main thing that happens is that he show, the son shows Anakin his future in hopes that that will convince him to turn. And, and ultimately, it does. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe that episode reinforces this idea. He was going to make the decisions anyway. Mm-hmm. And yet, it was meant to be. Uh, unless you have any more to say about that, we'll go... Not really. Not really. So let's get to the ending. Yes. So, ultimately, in the end, it's the father's self-sacrifice that wins. Yes. Um, because, you see, everybody else's idea has been confront the son, kill the son. We can fight him together. We can do this. Blah, blah, blah. Fight, 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 fight. Kill, 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 kill. Um, (laughs) um, But at the end of the day, that's not the father's intent at all. The father's intent is sacrifice. Um, And clearly, I think that echoes Luke. Yeah. You know, everybody else's plan was you've got to fight your father. You've got to face him. You've got to kill him. Yeah. You know? And Luke the whole time is like, can we try talking to him? Please. Have you, have you sent him a Facebook message yet? Like, you know, what uh, What do you really know? Yeah. Have you emailed him? It's called an electronic letter. Yeah. Um, and so, ultimately, it's that that reveals the little bit of good in the son. As he, you know, he grieves for the father. He's, he comes to the father and ultimately, you know... And and the father even um, has the line. Um, yeah, so the father says, um, so father, no, what have you done? It didn't have to be this way. Oh, that line, I love that line. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, my child, it did. You and I are tied together, and your strength runs through me. This way, I take your power. The son says, please, don't die. And the father says, I always knew there was good in you. And then they embrace, and it's just sweet. And 
emotional. And then Anakin stabs him. <laughs> yep. Jaboy has gotten real, real stab happy. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I guess war will do that to you. Though, but what I will say yeah. about that, I think that's meant to represent, that's meant to represent Anakin killing Vader. Yes. Is the, Anakin had to give the final blow. Mm-hmm. To represent Anakin killing Vader. Yeah. For there to be balance. Yes. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, again, so many echoes and, and um, metaphors for Anakin and Vader and redemption and all this other stuff. Um, now, uh, they mentioned that there's a specificity to the father being the only one who disappears when he dies. Yes. You know, the son, his body's there. The daughter, she's literally buried. Um, but the father disappears, leaving only his robes and his crown. Seemingly insinuating, only one who is balanced can achieve that oneness mm-hmm. with the Force. Yes. So, by that regard, do you think Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Yoda... Are, were balanced in order to achieve what they achieved. For Yoda and Obi Wan, I believe, like near the end of their lives, they they got their crap together, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very obvious to me. Like after Yoda says, you know, the the I have failed. The Jedi have failed. That's him starting to come to terms with the fact that maybe this isn't exactly what the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Obi-Wan, I guess, you know, all those years in the desert, you know. <laughs> talking to rocks. Talking to rocks. <laughs> getting yelled at <laughs> and had a stick shaken at him by Uncle Owen. Mm-hmm. Just like seeing him across the field and going, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess like that's got to bring you in balance a little bit. You know, probably a lot of meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have much else to do. Can't really look at the scenery. Mm-hmm. All of it's just sort of sand. Yeah. Oh, here we have sand. What's over there? Here we have more sand. <gasps> sand. And over here, more sand. <laughs> oh, that's a rock. You know. Um, mm. I think in a way. Yeah. I think in I think in a way they had to be. I think, though, they both still held on to some things. Now, I would say Yoda more than any. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan clear, I mean, you know, the only thing holding me back from Obi-Wan, ultimately, it's a difficult thing because we still don't understand Force Ghosts enough, Mm -hmm. but it seems to insinuate in this moment that balance is the key to oneness with the Force. Yes. Uh, The ultimate oneness with the Force. Um, But, you know, when when Luke sits down with Obi-Wan and talks about, like, I can't kill my father... You know, Obi-Wan's like, well, then the Emperor's already wrong. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of like... Only Sith deal in absolutes, <sighs> Obi-Wan. So so you're still st- sticking to your guns that the best option is to kill the kid. Mm-hmm. Really. You, you haven't at, at any point reconsidered that. So it's one of those moments I feel, I, I, I wonder how Obi-Wan... Now, I mean, I guess the question is, did that mean he's imbalanced or does that just mean he has an opinion as a ghost? Yeah. That's an option. So, I, I, again, I don't think we know enough about Force yeah. I just thought it was interesting, since he's the one, the father being the one that disappears. 
seems to open the door of it requires balance. And I think that's still the truth, ultimately. Yeah. Um, but I think we've gone on long enough, because ultimately it ends with, eh, it was all a dream. It was all what a dream. was it? I used to read Word Up magazine. No. Now, I mean, it doesn't come up ever again, and really, um, you know, the last line from Anakin is, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, talking to Rex. Yes. So it's like, so you remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he doesn't remember what the son showed him, that the father took that away. But yes. the rest of it, you remember? Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting because, again, I wonder if... I, I don't know how you could go through, even not seeing your entire future, I don't know how you could go through that stuff and not... it not stick with you. Yeah. You know? I, and that's where these kinds of episodes get interesting because it's like, it really makes me wonder how this settled with them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Where this come up later, you know. I think that Obi-Wan's a very let's not talk about it and we'll go away kind of guy. <laughs> I, so, yeah. I could see Obi-Wan being the one like, well, that was trippy. Let's never speak of this again. <laughs> yeah, definitely this kind of idea of, oh, Anakin, yeah. you, you know, you probably just let some antifreeze in the chamber. We just yeah. got, all got high. And... Well, that's space peyote. Right. Yeah. Um, Ahsoka, we need to check your room. Exactly. But um, I do, I wonder one day if it's ever going to come back. Of yeah. Just across mind of, I wonder what this, I wonder if this is what the father was talking about. You know, just Anakin thinking it to himself or something. Yeah. Like, I'd love a callback somewhere. Yeah. Um, but... I think either way, it, it's this is one of the, for me, one of my favorite arcs. I think for you, it's big up there. You, you're you not done yet, though. Yes. <laughs> you got a long way. You wanted to, yeah, you got some ways to go. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's worth appreciating. These are some very special episodes. Yeah. Very interesting episodes. And honestly, we probably still only scratched the surface. Oh. Huh? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, so, let us know. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Um, oh, yes, Guys, media. Facebook, Twitter, let us know what you think. Let us know some of your thoughts on uh, on these things. We want to keep this going as long as you'd like. So As long as you'd let us. Re- reach out to us. Um, and I feel like we are going to definitely come back to Mortis eventually when we get to Rebels. Uh, for now, I don't see any plans. I mean... A little bit of this will come up next week, because next week we're talking about the Force. Specifically the Force, not Mortis stuff, Force stuff. Yes. So that should be really interesting, and I thought it was a good place to go after Mortis. Of, all right, now let's just talk about the Force in general, because that's some wacky stuff. Yeah, expect me to get out my giant whiteboard with all the yarn on different <laughs> things. Just like, it It all makes sense! I swear! It, I Pepe Sylvia! Like... Oh, and we didn't even, I didn't even get to mention Abeloth. Dang it. So basically, real quick. <laughs> like two seconds. Right. So basically, in the Legends book, there was a servant to the Ones. The Ones being the father's son and daughter. Uh, she was, for all intents and purposes, as we, as we understand, human. Yeah. But she eventually drank from the river of the well of knowledge and bathed in the pool of power or something like that. Weird, very Garden of Eden stuff. Very Garden of Eden. 
And then she was kind of imbued with one powers, like uh, the one's powers, in the sense that she kind of became this weird mutant power house creature. Um, and eventually it took, and this is what I find interesting about it, eventually it took Luke teaming up with Darth Krayt, Jedi teaming up with Sith, to defeat her. I'm very surprised that I know who Darth Krayt is, but I do. Yes, so think about this. Think about it. You have uh, an amalgamative, mutated creature representing a fissure in the Force. This was not meant to be. This isn't what it should be like. And it takes Jedi and Sith together to defeat this mutated representation of the Force. Yeah. I like it. That sounds like balance. It does sound like balance. Re it sounds like yeah. fun. Um, so it's really interesting. So um, we mentioned in the Amazon uh, thing, Fate of the Jedi. That's a series where... Um, a few books touch on Abeloth and, and, and that fun story. So if you want more of that, check that out. You can read Wikipedia. Yes, you can. But you get far more enjoyment out of the greater picture of the Fate of the Jedi series. Read a book, guys. Exactly. Don't just, Come on. Don't just rely on Wikipedia. Read Queen's Shadow. Um, it's a good book. So, but that's Abeloth. I wanted to mention that just because I thought that was very, very interesting. It's all legends. Yes. But um, it was interesting to have more of Mortis a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait for canon to get to that point. Yeah. We got a little bit of that with Rebels, I'll admit. But I do like what Abeloth represented. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's continue this conversation on social media, guys. For now, though, we have to get to our Q&A. All right, Jan. We got some cues. Oh, thanks, Grandma. Yeah, you're welcome, honey. You know how I love those cues. I know. I... You got I, some A's? I got, I got, I brought you some A's, Grandma. Oh, thanks, honey. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, wife now. <laughs> uh, so we asked you guys, what is your take on Mortis? And the High Ground Star Wars podcast said it is the best Clone Wars arc. It's a hot take. It, well, I mean, it's, it's one of the best. Yes. I definitely agree with that. Um, I have a very hard time picking the best but mortis is probably top three definitely yes i can't wait to see the other two <laughs> uh ewok news said that they loved the arc and went on to say that exploring the force is what makes star wars special yeah um i mean you know we talked about the idea this is much more spiritual than i think some are used to or mm -hmm. any of us are usually used to because star wars knows to lean back on that a little bit mm -hmm. um that that's something that's always going on in the background. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that this is the perfect balance. And ultimately, a kid's show never had to do it, but they did. And they did it well. Yeah. And, and I think definitely what makes this better than any just action movie or Marvel movie is that uh, it's not just action, action, action. Um, there's a bigger, bigger story going on. And uh, it teaches us a lot about ourselves along the way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, we definitely love, love the Mortis arc. Um, we also asked you guys, what are you most excited for about Galaxy's Edge? Woo! Woo! Uh, Rabble Alliance podcast said, punching the hyperdrive on the Falcon, drinking blue milk, discovering my Kyber crystal as well. Yes. Uh, so, you know, covering the, um, the big ones there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cannot wait. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Disney dog, Michael Johnson, said that the whole experience of walking into Star Wars. Yeah. Um, that's something I'm, I'm 
in equal parts excited for, but it's also what's what I'm most unsure of because I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm fully <laughs> I, prepared to bring a wheelchair. Yeah, I mean, I imagine tears, lots oh, of tears. Yes. Um, I imagine not wanting to leave, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like knowing how I get going to just Disney, Disney, mm-hmm. um, with Star Wars. Like, I don't know how this is going to hit me. You're going to be a child in a candy shop um, at first. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think mm-hmm. I have to agree with Michael in the sense, just the idea of, you know, especially as much as they talk about it now, yeah. how much it's going to feel like walking into Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I think that trumps everything. Mm-hmm. It, and that's why everything else is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I've told the story before about how, like, for the first time in many, many years, walking into the Magic Kingdom and seeing Main Street just made me start sobbing on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be a very similar experience. Yeah, well, I mean, I cried just because the First Order March happened. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the moment for me that, oh, oh, this is real. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm seeing these characters I've grown up loving what what's happening. I'm leaking. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so... Th- that was just the first order marching down. Yeah. So I, I can only imagine everything. Like, oh my god. It's blue milk. <laughs> it's blue milk. And I will be the person to come up behind you and say, hey, I don't like your face. <laughs> um, Ooh. So I think everything, yeah. everything yeah. is going to be amazing. Because it's just going to feel like Star Wars. And I'm going to make sure to take plenty of... Anti-nausea drugs, just in case, because <laughs> yes. we know how I get. Um, so, sometimes you guys ask us questions, too. We like when you do that. We, you should do that more often. We love when you do that. Uh, Hollow Chronicles asked, what is your favorite Star Wars toy? What is it, John? You go first. Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I think I've said it before, but I used to have a great figure of Luke in the back of the tank. Great. It's a great figure. Great. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> Star kidding. Wars figure. Luke in a diaper is the best figure. Yes, because I used to fill it up with uh, like baby oil to make it look like he was floating in some kind of liquid. Mm-hmm. And then I would get yelled at because I'm not supposed That's to That's not what it. baby oil's for. Yeah. That's what, what we use to wash babies. That's what something. we use when we crank the babies. Through <laughs> right. Got to, got to get the gears Through the cotton turning. gin. Yes. That's how you get baby oil. You boil babies and you put them through a cotton gin. <laughs> Clearly. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I really loved that one. Um, also, we had, when I was a kid, I had a Darth Maul uh, lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It was like, I think it was one of the first few that, you know... I don't even remember what company made it. It would have been Hasbro at that point. Yeah. But it was a hand-me-down from my older brother. And a oh boy howdy. Did I feel cool. Mm-hmm. Doing like the, the whoosh, the whoosh, <laughs> and then hitting my brother with it. So was it Darth Maul or was it a, it was a lightsaber? Yeah, it was oh, okay. Um, I missed that part. I, yeah. thought, you, I thought it was oh, you yeah, just it was a Maul Darth lightsaber. Maul. Okay. Um... And I'm, I wish I could go back in time and grab that. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I want to get eBay, one. man. eBay. I, I want that specific one, but I also want... If you get like, the Nostalgia Berries, the man, series. eBay is the place. Nostalgia. That's the place to get your juice, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll go out <laughs> the e-boy. E-boy. Um, yeah. Sip. <laughs> 
move out to toys. Oh, you done? Okay. Yes, I'm done. Um, <laughs> oi. <laughs> um, you got a lot. I do. I have I have memories for each and every one of them. That's why I keep them. Mm-hmm. We said we talked about that when we talked about our Star Wars mm-hmm. collecting one. Your mini garbage toys. <laughs> not, not all of them are from the garbage, Megan. Not all of them were, but some of them were. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like if we ever do a tour of of that, that's it's going to be a lot of oh, I got this one, this and this happened, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. this one I found behind the Arby's. <laughs> Uh, I didn't go to just any dumpster. It was wrapped in roast beef. It was the dumpster behind the Salvation Army or the one by our, our, our mobile home park. That was it. I yeah. didn't go to just any trash. I was a, I, you I were had standards. a classy trash boy. Right. I am an honest trash boy. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, I do have a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite Star Wars toy. Okay. Let's break this up. Favorite toy... That you bought recently, favorite toy from your childhood? Um, neither of them I bought, but um, when from my childhood, one I've always, for some reason, uh, been attached to is when The Force Awakens came out. Not Force Awakens. Goodness gracious, Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Yes. They still they both start with P. Um, <laughs> I I mean they both start with. F- um, Force Awakens. Yes. <laughs> and the Phantom Menace. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, I need an edited poster now. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so when it came out, obviously, lots of toys. Oh, lots of toys. Um, I don't know why. I remember there was a special trip to Toys R Us where I got a couple toys. And the ones I got were always just have always been the epitome of childhood Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. And they were very specific action um, deluxe figures. So it was I was Obi Wan. These were three separate figures, but um, it was Obi Wan, Darth Maul, and Qui Gon Jinn. And they were posed in a particular way, and they had a button in their back. Uh, and they were the typical three and three quarter inch yeah, style. Yeah, those were the ones that that did the thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So they were the typical three and three quarter inch, but you know they looked. Like they were in action, and that's because if you press that button, um, you know o- uh, Obi Wan like slashed sideways, Qui Gon slashed down, and Darth Maul would do the wiggle. Yeah, I got hit with a lot of those. And um, the cool part though of it is that they came with mini lightsabers. Because now the cool thing is you could actually extend the blade. Now it was it was only about a foot long extended. It was a it was a tiny lightsaber. but uh, So you could extend it and have your own little lightsaber. So for the longest time, those were the only lightsabers I had. Mm-hmm. Were the mini versions. Um, but those were my lightsabers. And, but the cool thing was it was a double feature. Because you could put down the blade and actually attach the lightsaber to the figure. And there was a button on the lightsaber that you pressed that also pressed the button on his back. So you could press the button yourself, but it was way cooler if you attached the lightsaber to it and did that. And so you were supposed to be able to take it with your friends, but I didn't have friends, so I did all the actions. Oh, baby. Um, but uh, I remember getting in a fight with my grandma in the car because she was like, it's got a button. Where's the batteries going? I was like, there's no batteries. It's a button. You press the button, it does this. Well, how does it do that without batteries? Grandma, it's, it's, it's a, like a little gear thing. It's, it doesn't need batteries. 
She got, she, we had the same argument about Bionicles. It's just like, how do you make it do that without batteries? I'm like, Grandma, <laughs> not everything needs batteries. Legos, Grandma, Legos. Goodness. Uh, she just assumed everything was either magic or ran on batteries. That was my grandmother. Um, well, she was from New Orleans. Exactly. Uh, not to say anything bad about New Orleans, but... No. Um, so from childhood, that's something that's always stood out. Like I said, I don't really know why, um, but whenever I think of childhood Star Wars toys, those come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost them when I was a kid. I remember when I was um, a teenager, I found them on eBay, bought them again. And then um, lost him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and before anybody judges me, it, it's real. It happens, okay? When you move and, and just life hits you, you don't always get everything. Yeah. Um, so I uh, have yet to replace them yet again, but it's something I'm thinking about doing. Especially yeah, since it's the anniversary of The Phantom Menace. I've been thinking about it more. When I buy my, my lightsaber, I'll buy you your lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but so recently is a little different. Um, it's not so much a toy; it's a Funko Pop. It is the it's Boba Fett because uh, that's the it's the surprise. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's the last thing my mom bought for me. So um, it's and it's the one that started the collection. Yeah, because uh, it was like okay, if I'm, if I'm gonna have Boba Fett, I guess I have to get IG eighty eight and all that. <laughs> you know, because. I can't, for every Boba I have, I have the other Bounty Hunters because Boba looks way cooler, you know, in the group shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the last thing she bought me Star Wars related, so that's always mm-hmm. been special. Um, so Yeah, I think my recent one is a Funko Pop too. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the Leia on the speeder bike. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that's... It's Leia. It's Leia. You don't need any special reasons. Exactly. And I've been trying my darndest to collect all of the Leia Funko Pops, which Gotta I know catch will them not all. Happen. I'm hoping it's to actually find not. It, there's it's actually not that impossible. There, I mean, I don't think you're missing too many more. E boy. Exactly. Um, so thank you, Holo Chronicles, for the question. Yeah. Um, trip down memory lane there. Uh, but. Yeah, so guys, you can always send us questions, anything you have. We'll read it on the main show. Um, You'll get a shout-out and some weird answers. We can never guarantee what the quality of what you're going to get, but you'll get get our answers. (laughs) Um, We post every week uh, asking you guys for your questions, so feel free to send those to us then uh, in a reply to that post on Facebook or Twitter, or you can just message us anytime, add us anytime, whatever you want to do. We like you. Exactly. Uh, so send us your questions. Keep an eye out for our questions for you guys. Um, those will be going out for next week's show soon. So um, keep a lookout on that. And, and obviously that would mean, if you're not already, you need to be following us on Twitter uh, and liking us on Facebook so that way you can stay connected and get those posts and know when we're doing things and all that other good stuff and just in general uh, be able to have a just nice little herd community. That's that's the point of this. That's why we're nerd herders. We're herding you guys. Um, Make sure you pronounce that D real well. <laughs> what? We're herding. Oh, herding, not yeah. hurting. Yeah, I mean, we, we might be hurting you. We tell some bad jokes. They wanna hurt <laughs> me. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so a few announcements before we go. Uh, Double Clone Wars this week. Remember that, um, just so that we can stay on schedule in the big picture. Um, we are giving you two 
Clone Wars episodes, we're talking about the Citadel escape and the uh, Padawan lost yeah. arc. So um, be ready for that. And obviously you don't have to listen to all of it on uh, Friday. Um, you can definitely check some of that out over the weekend uh, to keep you busy. Um, another thing you can do to help keep you busy is you can head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe there, and check out the videos we have and that we will soon be putting more of on. Um, and one of those will be all about Queen Shadow. Yeah. That awesome book just came out, and we want to share our thoughts with you guys about it. And so um, with that, uh, we'll be putting a full spoiler review over on YouTube. Um, we had originally said it would be this week. I'm going to go ahead and manage expectations that uh, because uh, the recent surprise of being able to go see Star Wars in concert um, fell in our laps, that may postpone things. Yes. Uh, and we're, we don't feel bad about that. <laughs> no. Because it, it's, we have a great opportunity to go see uh, Empire Strikes Back in concert, and we want to be able to enjoy that. Um, so we should be able to record this week, but we may not have it edited and posted until maybe Monday or Tuesday. So just so you guys are aware of that, but nevertheless, soon, very soon, we'll be putting that over on YouTube along with other things. Um, so go ahead and get connected there. Subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Patreon. Uh, we're going to be putting an exclusive on Patreon soon, 10 Things We Love About Rogue One. It's a series that we do for patrons, um, and we've already done episode one, two, three, and solo. So Rogue One is the next, um, and so that'll be going on Patreon very soon. And so if you would like access to that, bonus goodies, and if you would like to support the show, uh, then head over to our Patreon where you can find out more about how you can do that uh, and get rewarded for your support. We, we want to be able to appreciate you um, for giving of your uh, money and time to us. And if you can't support us on Patreon, the next best thing is to continue to share the episodes, continue to tell people about us, get the word out there, let them know you like us, um, because more people... Um, is, is a great way of uh, support, showing your support for the show. So don't feel like it's all about money. If you can't give money, um, just share, retweet, all that good stuff. Uh, and speaking of Patreon, thank you, Rebecca, on Patreon for your support. We appreciate you and helping us do what we do here at Nerd Herder. Anything else? Thanks, Rebecca. Love you. <laughs> Double thanks. And also thanks to um, Rebecca Raven. I keep second-guessing myself, but I believe that's uh, for sending us that script. That was very, very helpful for this episode. Guys, thanks for being patient and getting through it. I know it was a longer episode, but boy, wasn't it good? It was fun. We had fun. I had Hopefully fun. Hopefully you did too. And uh, continue to have a good week until we're back on Friday. Double dose. Um, so, But I, in the meantime, I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your herd mom, Miguel. Stay scruffy, guys, and may the Force be with you. Bye.